Hello friends, I'm your host Chris Thrill, I'm a former Royal Marines Commando, I've adventured for better and sometimes worse across 80 countries on all seven continents. Welcome to the Bought the T-Shirt Podcast. We are live. We are live. (laughs) Martin, how are you mate? Very good, Chris. Thank you very much. How are you doing? Oh, it's so excellent to speak to you. I'm absolutely made up. Um, excellent to speak to you too, mate. I was, yeah. uh, I was, I was very impressed with the uh, the Robbie Williams interview. I was like, if it's good enough for Robbie Williams, it's good enough for Martin Maloney. Well, you know, it's um, I was good in that. Yeah, I must say, I was. <laughs> yeah, you played a blinder. <laughs> it's a fine map of the world you have there. Yeah, I love it. You know, I, I know there's some dispute about what shape the world is. I, I don't really care. I kind of know myself because I've, I've, I've driven, well, I've driven from here to here. So Norway, part of the world that you're nearly in or almost in, to India. And then I drove back again. I can assure people wow. it felt I wouldn't say it felt round. It actually felt quite flat all the way. But the landscape really does change as if you're going around around a, a, a sphere. But one other time I went down here. Oh, yeah, there actually is a bit there, isn't there? Look, look that, that bit there is Antarctica. And no, it's not an ice wall, folks. Unless, unless I'm mental and I've completely got all this wrong. It's a landmass, and the reason I say it's a landmass is when I stepped ashore in Antarctica, I stepped onto rocks. I yeah. stepped ashore in a t-shirt. It was that warm, really, um, because it's not actually that cold when you when you get to the the fringe of Antarctica. But this thing about hey, it's a flat Earth and it's just an ice wall, and you can't like go well. I, I can only tell people, I don't want to try and convince anyone because it sounds like I'm a, you know, one of them. Yeah. And I think me and you, mate, we're definitely not one of them, are we? <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I think, uh, you know, I think you can entertain an idea without having to let it change your opinion. And I think a lot of people these days are afraid of even entertaining an idea. You know, yeah. I, mean, it's, I think you've, you've, you've got to, you've got to process all information with a, with a, a decently, opened mind you know but you know not not too open well and the other thing martin is you've got to be aware that the cia or their dark shadow element the guys that were running the 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 cocaine back into the usa from uh, nicaragua during the the iran contra affair i'm not going to talk the history of guys can just google it google iran contra bill clinton's airport you know, hostages. Bit of action, was it? Well, <sighs> sorry, mate. Say that again because I'm I'm terrible for not bloody listening. Was it was it the airport in Arkansas? Was it? Yeah. Well, that was supposed to be Bill Clinton's private airport or some or something, right? But basically, all these people that we we pray to for being you know god gods and goddesses, i.e., the Clintons and the Bush family, are actually like massive, massive crime families. Um, and people don't get that. They just and this is why I say, well, don't vote, please. Don't go and vote. Talk about a new system. 
talk yeah, about there has the, to be a new system. You know, I think what happens is you're, I think what I've noticed nowadays is people have been split into two camps. It's like, right. Oh, the right or the left. And it's, I seen a good meme today, which was, uh, the left say that the, was it powerful billionaires are the problem. The right say, uh, big government is the problem. And then it's, there was just a meme with Brad Pitt in the middle saying, well, it's just powerful billionaires controlling a powerful government. And people are, people are too quick to pin themselves onto a political paradigm. Whereas if you just acknowledge the fact that you are a person going through the world, trying to figure out what's going on and try to be as neutral as possible and just trust your instinct. That's, that's, that's the way I look at it. Instead of, there's a lot of people out there who have agendas and, um, you know, and the way I look at it, everyone's kind of being pitted against each other and, and they're broken into different groups under this new intersectionality and, and, um, mm. and subgroups and along the lines of ethnic and religious, uh, basis you know, and, and we're all, we're all in this, we're all in it together as I say about the NHS, but <laughs> You know, and I just think like, you know, it's easy to have, it's easy for people to to exploit the division the amongst um, demographics, but there seems to be like a new group of, you know, Twitter rati or, 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 you know, like mobs on, on the internet who just, they can't, as I said earlier on, they can't entertain an idea. They won't, they won't, there's, there's no room for open debate anymore. It's like, oh, I'm not going to give my platform to that person because I don't agree with them. And usually in the old days, not, you know, maybe until about five or six years ago, people would, like, people would overlook a certain element that they disagree with in others. But nowadays it's like they focus on what they disagree on more so than what they agree on. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, think, I don't know why people have become so um, rigid in their thinking of late. And one of the best things for me, Chris, personally, is when I, when I moved back to Sweden, I just didn't bother putting the TV. I didn't didn't bother connecting it to to, to the wall. And <laughs> it's amazing how you know. I, I looked at the. I, I I don't even know why I got so into geopolitics and and global events uh, because you know ten years ago when the Hardy book started out, I was you know cl- trying to climb climb the, the the ladder of entertainment, and I suppose I was motivated by. I suppose a, a bit of narcissism. I thought it was good to, that people, you know, were like, "Oh, look, I love the show." And you know, of course, you're young and, and you, you, you know, you grow up, and it's all about being a pop star, being a rock star, being a footballer, you know. And and people are people are conditioned to to want adulation. And then you know, I've had it. I've had a taste of it, and, and and I've had some good times. I've had some bad times, and there's been some nice creamy bits in the middle. And you you come, you come to the point where like. Yeah, I, I'm kind of happy at the level I'm at. You know, you had Robbie Williams on there, who, who uh, fair play to. I mean, uh, he was a really nice, chilled out, working class lad from Stoke, who's uh, who made it big from from hard work. Fair play to him. And I think he, he's uh, he's one of the guys who didn't let it get to his head. Um, and even when when you were talking about Liam Gallagher as well, like I've met Liam twice, and the, the thing is, I have to say about when when you meet Liam Gallagher, he's he's the real deal. Yeah, you know, it's, it's not a it's not an act, and you know they're 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 good Irish lads behind the scene as well. They're actually yeah. from the next town to me. Martin, my whole thing with Liam, right, and I'm I'm saying this, so he doesn't want to come and fight me. 
I will win. I will win. No, it's, it's, I'm not like, I, it, it's, if you actually remember my question with Rob, it's like, who puts the owls in the video? That, that was my question. And for people listening, no, we don't hate owls. We love owls. We love all beings. Horses, uh, donkeys, Otters. tigers. Do we love the monkeys or? Oh, they're good. They're good. The good lads they are, yeah. What about those snakes? They're a bit like... Do dodgy, man. Dodgy. Like the viper. <laughs> like, yeah, we will talk about viper. Viper! What's the cat? Yeah. <laughs> scary. <laughs> scary dickheads. My only question, to, I, I, you know, I, I said to Rob, I'd love to go for a beer with Liam. It would be great. I'm sure he's a oh, really down-to-earth guy. But I'd say it'd be who, brilliant, Craig. Who puts this stuff in the music videos? But again, that's like another... Well, I'd like to discuss that because I have been thinking about that and what my opinion on that would be. Like My ex and myself, like before... One of the reasons why she said that we'd kind of grown apart was we couldn't watch films anymore because you're watching the film and I'd just be pointing out the agenda and everything, like, nah, I'm not, I'm not having this, man. You can see it. So I just got to the point where... But I remember watching a video years ago. It was a guy called... Um, there's, there's Alan Watts, the philosopher. It's Alan Watt, is it? This other guy, and he's a bearded guy with a hat, Scottish guy, I think. And he's like, I had a friend whose uh, brother was in the CIA and he told me... Uh, you should never watch television and film because it's all it's all control. It's a way of uh, you basically go into a theatre and you uh, you're in a darkened room and when you're in a relaxed state, your brain goes into uh, alpha waves, a state of alpha waves, and it's very easy to slip a narrative uh, on the unsuspecting mind. Uh, which kind of leads me on to another thought I had, which was how many of us are actually the the the, the fundamental components of our psyche, the thoughts we have, the fears we have. How many of them? Are there purely because of films and TV shows we've watched? You're 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 living through um, a series of orchestrated traumas, especially if you watch like horror movies and thrillers and this kind of thing. It's it, you're you're living through a trauma that never happened, mm. and then on top of that, you have rolling news that's constantly um, spreading fear throughout the population. And what is fear? False uh, expectations, superior. That's the one. <laughs> you know, I forgot. I was like, shit, what was it again? Yeah, false expectations. Hey, I got you back, dude. I got you back. Thanks very much, mate. Appreciate it. I was like, shit, I forgot about that one. Uh, yeah, a bit, the brain's a bit tired tonight. But uh, yeah, so basically it, it's, there's, there's nothing really, I mean, obviously, yeah, you need, you need, you need to have, you need to be cautious about, about the world and, um, you know, don't, don't be reckless. But Can I, yeah. uh Martin, sorry to interrupt you. I just want to come back to my point before people are going, Chris, what are you saying about the CIA? <laughs> yeah, I'm off on the tangents, sorry. No, 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 it's fine. But my point was, uh, like, it's alleged, I'm saying that because it doesn't come from me then, but all this stuff you see about, like, JFK assassination, all these movies that tell you that there's 75 billion magic bullets and all this kind of nonsense stuff, all the, I'm going to say, the events in New York. I think everyone knows what we're talking about. All those films. What, the Met Gala. <laughs> <laughs> right. But they're all funded and budgeted by CIA, by the dark elements within the, the uh, uh, allegedly guys by the CIA. This is why they love it that you buy into flat earth theory. They love it because they're the same people that came up with the term conspiracy theorist. And they came up with the term conspiracy theorist to make people look like idiots 
if they questioned the JFK assassination. I know, I know you know this, Ryan, right? So it's the same thing again with the Flat Earth and all the documentaries you see that, that purport to tell the truth. Nah, they're funded by the same people. They tell you this narrative that gets you excited. Oh, we're going to find out what happened to Building 7. Yeah. Oh, it's, oh, it's stupid, consp uh, stupid conspiracy theory. That I, I, honey, it's, it's the conspiracy idiots. I, I know, you know, they, they're so clever at manipulating the public conscience. And the flat earth thing is just exactly the same. It's them getting, they, they're just chucking shit out there, order out of chaos to make our world chaos. So we're all arguing about, are we black? Are we white? Are we gay? Are we straight? Do we, you know, drink this kind of water? Or do we drink that kind of, or do we, you know, do we wear this? Do, it's called order yeah. out of chaos. And while everybody's fighting and scrapping with each other, they're laughing their asses off, mate, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, uh, it's all distracting. It's all finger. Everyone, everyone's pointing the finger at each other on the, on the, the, the bottom rung of the ladder. Well, uh, look, look at Bezos. I mean, the guy was what? He was worth 120 billion last year. And since this whole pandemic, he's now worth, he's a trillionaire. And he, was, he also s sold his stocks. Or did, didn't he step down as CEO as well? There was a, there was a whole lot of CEOs who stepped down from, I, I think, including Gates as well. Who uh, I, I'll tell you something about Gates. I was, just to go off on a, an aside note here, I was, in the, I was in the pub there about a month ago and uh, I just, sometimes I get a bit rowdy. You know, so that's my personality. And, and uh, apropos of nothing, I just went, Bill Gates is a wrong gun! Like this. And there was a fellow who came up to me the next day and he goes, Martin, no, you'd want to reel it in about Bill Gates. The, man's a, the man is a humanitarian. And I said, what? And then I, 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 was, I was talking to him and I was thinking, there's no point in me trying to convince him because his mind is closed. So uh, I, I said, but I said to him, well, do you know him personally? Do, can you vouch for him personally? Do you know him well? Oh yeah, I'm thick. Yeah, yeah, I'm thick. And I went, you know what? We'll just agree to disagree. And that was that was it. I didn't need to to, to push it anymore. But there's no smoke without fire. And if you're mates with uh, egg stain, you know you're uh, he's dodgy, uh, Maxwell. You know, I mean, these, these are people you you certainly don't want to be associated with. And I mean, I, I know the further you go up the uh, the chain in all industries at the top, they all start kind of overlapping because it, it becomes a smaller pool of people. And, you know, there's a lot of people who do well, but like if, if you compare, you know, most pop stars and, you know, yeah, they could, they could be, you know, they could be rich into the hundreds of millions, but you're comparing that against like financial elite and people who own, you know, pharmaceutical companies who are, or, or Jeff Bezos, who are, tr you know, trillionaires, multi-multi-billionaires. When, when you look at, like, Jay-Z and uh, all that, I mean, they're pocket change, aren't they, compared yeah. to the real wealth in the world? But they probably want to get in on that action as well. You know, they're, they're, they're probably, they probably, because I mean, the thing is, if you remember in the 2016 elections, what really, see, a, a lot of people don't, they turn a blind eye to their own, especially like people who were, were pro Hillary during the 2016 elections. Like, I think she was on stage with Jay Z and Beyonce, and he's going, "Them hoes, them hoes, them bitches," and all this kind of stuff. And you're like, "Well, where's the where's the outrage for for that language?" Did you ever follow this thing in in Hollywood a couple of years ago about this um, Randy Quaid and the Star Whackers? Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I looked into that as well, and. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. They were talking about Chris Penn, David Carradine, and, and uh, a few others 
there was some sort of guy in. Again, you can't go throwing names out there because uh, there are litigious bunch of bastards over in America. But uh, there was a law firm who apparently was in charge of the uh, the estates of of the uh, the deceased entertainers. And uh, I, I think I think Randy Randy Quaid's a bit he's a bit out there anyway. And uh, but it was, it was it was an interesting thing just to kind of again you know you can entertain these things and 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 have a look at them. But I'd say there was a lot of mad shit going on in Hollywood. You know, I mean. I think actors are, are by definition of, of uh, personality quite narcissistic. You know, they, they like the idea of people gushing praise over them. And I don't know if you've ever been to, to Hollywood, but it's the kind of place where everyone's like, that's great, man. You're great. You're fantastic. You're going places, man. Oh, I, I, you know what? When you make it, you come back to me and I'll say, I told you we're going to make it. You know, it, it's, it's a, it's a strange kind of culture. You know, you're there for about a week or so and then you're, you're starting to look at yourself going, shit, I'm, I'm really scruffy and out of shape compared to these dudes. Maybe I should get Botox and hit the uh, the tanning salon. Just eat nothing but kale for a week. That's another thing again, isn't it? When you see some cool celebrity and then the next thing you know, they've done all this stuff to their face and they look like... F- they just... Well, well, I suppose everyone's... It's, it's not even celebrities nowadays. It's It's... Everybody, you know, people are now so used to seeing themselves on camera all the time that it's like, I don't look like that, do I? It's like the equivalent of when you'd hear yourself over a microphone years ago, you're like, do I really sound like that? <laughs> like, I think people are now, it, it's a very, very weird time to be living in. Like, everybody has access to recording equipment, HD, 4K recording equipment in their pocket. And uh, it, it's, it's like living in a, a hall of mirrors. Mm. So it's, it's, it, I don't know. I don't know why people are, why people are so focused on vanity. But again, it's the fashion industry, the cosmetic industry is is a multi multi billion dollar industry, and it's it's in the interest to. I mean, look at advertising. Edward Bayonets. He started. You know, he was the godfather of PR and you know, Freud's nephew. And here's this is another thing I always bring up as well is uh, I, there's a lot of people who champion causes. And I think it's like a misplaced altruism that a lot of people, like a lot of people, ascribe to these days, where they'll champion causes and referendums and campaigns without knowing the, without knowing the true nature of who's behind it or what the reason is. And if you if you look at the uh, the Labour Day, I, I watched this in Adam Curtis's uh, Century of the Self, but there was. You know, the, the cigarette companies went to Edward Bernays because uh, it was a taboo. It was taboo for women to smoke cigarettes. So he orchestrated, uh, I think it was, I don't know if it was to do with the suffragette movement, but it was something to do with uh, women's liberation where women would walk down Fifth Avenue smoking cigarettes as an act of defiance. But really, they played into a scheme to get them hooked on cigarettes. Of course. You know, and and this is the kind of thing where, People, people don't know how to to question mainstream media. They just think because you've got these these uh, well polished, you know, well well spoken lit people on stage or in front of the camera giving them information that it's a trusted. Yeah. Most of these pictures are photoshopped. You know, they're they're they're, they're put like most of these models you see if you, or actresses. You know, they you know some of them look great in real life, but sometimes you see them on an off day and you're like, well, what's the big deal? And it's because most of these pictures are photoshopped, and uh, I mean, they're they're unreal. Especially like you have teenage girls 
looking at these music videos or Instagram models and uh, models in magazines and all this kind of thing. And it, it's, it's, it's treated, it's, it's not real. And then they're, they feel like they're, they're inferior and then, you know, taking, you know, they're doing surgery. And one of the things I see is, is these duck lips everywhere, you know, and, and the Kardashians, if, if the Kardashians do something, I mean, if the Kardashians sneeze in California, the world catches herpes. Yeah, it's like anybody can do what they want with their body. It's their body and no no one else has a right to say this, that. I would just say to any young women watching, you are so beautiful as you are. And if your man is going, yeah, get that, honey, because that, then he's a fucking idiot. He should be encouraging you to feel beautiful as you are because every human being it, it is that is it and do you know what most men they just want a partner that likes them that laughs at their jokes here's another thing again and sorry if if this upsets anyone but i just think women are so much more beautiful without makeup on i just genuinely genuinely do when i see like the heavily made up i'm like it's mad because oh, you can meet some women you can meet some women without makeup the day after meeting them with makeup and you're like, you could walk past them on the street. If you meet someone who always, like for example, my ex-girlfriend years ago, she used to, she was, she was like, she's a goth or she was a goth. I mean, she used to, well, she spent like an hour and a half doing her makeup. And then some of the friends that she would have known from being out and about, she could walk right past them in the street. They wouldn't recognize her. But, but she was very beautiful. I mean, the girl, the girl was, uh, you know, Swedish girl and, uh, was was very attractive without all the, the makeup so uh yeah i don't know i mean some each to their own you know um but I, I i think one of the best things you can do is just unplug from mainstream media television and just you know just unplug and, and, and stay out of that because even even with guys you're expected to to you know go out with some of the best looking women going because that's what that's what TV taught you. I mean, uh, I was watching, I was watching Clueless recently. And there's a bit in Clueless. This is another, another thing which um, they were saying, like, you know, oh, what you're still a virgin, and like they're 15, and you're thinking, like, how many impressionable women in the 90s watched that and were like, oh no, it's uncool to be a virgin, so I'm gonna have yeah. to go and leave. Yeah. Like, and that, that's how I was thinking as well. You know, you watch things like American Pie Two as an 18 year old, and they'd be like. Martin, do you not yeah, think none of our decisions that are made in society are in the benefit of the people? It's all benefits the corporations. You know, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. But they think that that's their own. That they think these are their own thoughts. But it's it's from programming. I mean, television programming. There was uh, I watched that, that film recently, Out of Shadows, about that stuntman who uh, who made that made the TV show, it, and it says that all of the original radio channels were run by ex-military. Uh, heads of communications and military, and like, if you look at if you look at America, for example, as a as, as a nation, um, man, they're, they're completely being like the the, the lifeblood of the, of that country is being drained by by uh, financial elite, completely, and a corrupt government, and oh, massively, you know, and, and and the sad thing is. They get Americans who argue amongst themselves all about it. They don't realize, no, you're being played. Your your whole country, along with Israel, 
along with the UK, is being played by greedy little men that don't give a shit about all those three places. No, they don't. They absolutely no, they, don't. You know, and, and, and it's interesting, we were talking earlier on about, um, you know, JFK and the New York incident. And it, it's afterwards when you, when you see something like this happening that you, you realise it doesn't matter how many people come out afterwards and show you, show you information that makes you believe that it, it wasn't what we were told, but it doesn't matter because they've already got what they wanted now. You know, they, they, they've, they went into Iran, Iraq. Um, you know, they, they got what they wanted out of Iraq. They went into Afghanistan. And, and the thing is, again, you know, they're, they're using their, their military who are, who are young men and women who go, to, they go into the army because they believe that they're defending their own borders and, and keeping their people safe. And, and people go into it for good reasons. And then if you look at America, like most of the most of the a lot of the soldiers who go into the army are, are from poor families and it's it's their it's their only way out to get like a, a third level education and benefits and that kind of thing and they're just they're thrown into parts of the world that don't really have anything to do with them uh because it's so one second gotta keep getting the phone call from my ma can you can we pause this bit yeah go for it man you all right here but uh sorry about that we can uh go from Hey, it's cool. Um, no, I'm, I'm in that boat because, you know, obviously I joined the military and um, it, it was a, a, an amazing experience for somebody like me who came from a, you know. Well, I wanted to be in the military as well, to be honest with you. Say again? You know, I wanted to be in the military as well. Uh, the, the thing is for me, like, you know, being at my, like the, the Irish army, and like back at the time when I was, when I was a teenager, I grew up watching, you know, war films and being like, oh, war must be brilliant. This is from a Hollywood point of view. And it's like, if, if you look at a lot of these commercials in, in America, for example, during the Super Bowl, and it's like, join the army. Yeah, exactly. Tom Brady. Can I, can I just say massive thank you to my subscriber for sending me this T-shirt. I love you. Very kind of you. Nice, nice T-shirt as well. Yeah, the champs. Kind of red. It's not, I haven't worn red for a, Many a year, but I think he's in this year. Yeah, it looks good. Uh, but I was going to say, like, a, a lot of these uh, adverts are kind of, they look like modern warfare. You know, like, they look like computer games. And if you're playing modern warfare, it's a lot different to, I mean, I've not, I've not been out, I've, like, I've, thankfully, I've not been in a, any uh, military situations. But, you know, I'd say it's a very different story when you're, you know, you're, you're killing people and people are trying to, kill you and you know then you realize you've just killed someone's son or brother you know and it's, it, these are the things that like like i was always watching i was one of those guys like i'd watched uh, i was one of those kids i'd watched tv and if someone got killed i'd be like i'm sure he was all right <laughs> like henchman I'd be like i probably got to the hospital later on that was the way i always looked at it but uh yeah it's you, you can realize that a lot a lot of the military is is kind of you know it, it's not as cut and dry as uh these are the bad guys who are coming to invade us. It's more so, you know, you're doing the bidding of, you know, look at, look at apparently Saddam Hussein, he, he had to go because um, he wanted to change the sales of oil from dollars to euros. Same with Gaddafi in Libya. He, uh, he wanted to, he wanted to get gold for his oil, you know, and, and money talks and bullshit walks. And mm -hmm. unfortunately those lads had to, you know, like that was the thing. And, and the media played into that because it was like, Oh, Gaddafi, he's uh He's been subjugating his people and oppressing them for, for too long. And I'm sure he probably wasn't, uh, you know, 
perfect, but he was a lot better than what they have now. Same with Assad in Syria or um, or Saddam Hussein. You know, and now and now the you know the whole neocon movement is trying to angle towards invading Iran with you know Pompeo and and John Bolton. Martin, can we just while we're on the subject, so people know what we're talking about, right? I say, look at the policy. Don't take idiots like me. What what I'm saying? Look at the policy that's been written. And in America, it was the project for the new American century, wasn't it? It was this mm. uh, a, a neocon, so a, tank. New con, a new conservative think tank called the Project for the New American Century that were kind of advising the Bush administration. I think many of the people that wrote, that were writing for this project were in, in the administration. If they were, yeah. it's kind of irrelevant. But they actually wrote policy to say America, I think the, the actual paper, if you want to Google it, friends at home, it's called Rebuilding America's Defenses. When you read that paper, it said America needs... Uh, A new Pearl Harbor. In, yeah, increase its military dominance in the world. Like, why? <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, but this is not going to happen unless we have a new Pearl Harbor. And then, of course, what happened? The events in New York, right? So it's mm. like a script that's already been written. So when you when 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 guys like you, Martin, are brave enough to talk about like what is the military and what role they do, it's it's not about you. Go and read the paper. Go and read the paper. It says. But, and I just also want to say as well, like this is this is no disrespect to uh, to people who are in 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 the service because you know. I feel for them because a lot of them are, are, you know, a lot of them have to say every time they say bye to their kids or their families, they're put on, they're, they're, they're being put into harm's way, you know, and, and they, they joined up because like if I joined the army, like after what happened in New York, I was, I wanted to go and, and get revenge as, I mean, I met people over in the States who said, yeah, we, we signed up after after what happened in New York, and then we were out in Iraq, and we were like, and I said, "Well, how, this was like 2006." I met these guys, and they were like, "Well, we're over there, and we we're fighting in Iraq." And we were like, "What the hell are we doing over here?" I mean, what of these people? You know, they, they, I remember they came out. It was all over Fox News, terror alert, elevated. And it's like we've got the. They had this whole deck of cards, Chemical Ali, and it's always the threat of. They tried to do the same thing to Assad, saying that they, they he'd had a, a chemical gas attack in Douma, and this was what I was going to say earlier on about watching mainstream news and even uh, publications like the guardian you think are you know a bit more pro peace and you know they were coming out because when all that the maiden riots and all that kind of stuff started in in ukraine in 2014 I, i'd be watching rte news which is state news in ireland and i'd be like re reading articles on the guardian and um i was like yeah oh, putin oh, he's bringing in the soldiers in now he's dodgy like, they're all dodgy they're all basically vying for for dominance and supremacy, but it was very interesting how uh, apparently George Soros had something to do with funding uh, right wing extremists in in those riots. I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but you know, it, it, there was also it's a strategic place uh, is um, Ukraine because there's a pipeline that goes from Russia into Europe, and the same thing with with Syria. They would have had to have put a pipeline through Syria. From the from the Gulf states, which would have went through Syria and Turkey. Yeah, and didn't they say that about that was about Afghanistan, wasn't it? Were they not trying to build a 
just looking at my map up here, was it some pipeline they needed to build to the Caspian Sea to get the oil out? And then, of course, we got the, the world's biggest producer of opium. Yeah. Well, um, there's a lot of things with Afghanistan. I mean, the Romans, Alexander the Great couldn't, couldn't, take, uh, couldn't take Afghanistan because of the terrain. Uh, it's easy to be ambushed. The same thing with uh, Russia when they were fighting the Mujahideen as well. They, they, they took severe casualties because of the terrain. It was, it's guerrilla warfare, but in the, you know, the Tora Bora mountain range, and was, most of your supply lines had to go through very treacherous um, you know, mountain passes. And, but I think Afghanistan itself is a strategic striking point. So if, you know, because you've got China, you've got Iran, Pakistan, you know, uh, yeah, Russia. It's, it's, it, if you look at it strategically, it's right smack bang in the middle of those areas. There's also apparently, I don't know if this is true or not. There was supposed to be one of the biggest lithium mines in the world in Afghanistan, which these long-term speculators would have known that they would they were going to be gradually switching from com the combustion engine to to rechargeable batteries and and electronic cars. So that you know, my my elder sister Tricia, she she's always you know she's always been interested in this kind of stuff as well I'm on, on the latest podcast if, if you're interested in this i'll give the podcast the hardy books podcast we, we talk about this kind of stuff hey mate i'm coming on there right yeah yeah it'd be awesome to bring you on yeah absolutely uh, i had uh, I've, I've had eddie bravo on there before and uh john mcafee and uh paul gallagher liam and older brother he's a good mate of mine so there's been a couple of interesting characters on there before but uh yeah but back to afghanistan you, you know what why would they why would they be interested in, in taking that part of the world which is you know there's not really an awful lot going on up there is there but there must be something of interest yeah and uh, is it worth pointing out it's well i mean it is in the region of israel and it's you know if it wasn't controlled by israel it could all it could all go quite wrong wrong, wrong for them right i mean it's that it's that sort of region um, well, there's there's a lot of arguments for the fact that um, you know the, the you know the powers that be who are, you know Netanyahu and, and those kind of guys they um, it was in their interest to to break up you know to use sectarian violence in the Middle East to I suppose dilute the strength of of yes. Sunni nations yes. and now you've got the likes of Kissinger who's coming in with his concerns about there being a Shia crescent that they've started this maybe it's better off just to let people be and stop fucking about and, and, you know, causing all this fucking hassle. You know, and I think, I think, you know, I, you know, I, I, I think for me, this all kind of started in 2014 with, uh, operation shields edge. And I just, you know, I was looking at all these videos on YouTube with them pulling kids out of rubble. And, you know, I've got kids myself, man. And, and I was in, I remember I was with my mother-in-law in Ikea and, uh, picking some shells up and I was just in tears. She was like, what the hell's wrong with you? I was like, oh, I was fucking watching stuff from YouTube last night about what's going on in Gaza and, and, and in Israel. And, you know, right, I, and I think... Not, you're, you're not the only one, you know, when, you know, I'm, I'm a father, you're a father. I've just done a podcast about these amazing guys. For some reason, this is kind of irrelevant, but the podcast has been really difficult to get past YouTube censorship. They're advertising. Yeah. It's, it, it's taken me about nine days to keep editing this. There's something in the video that, that they don't like. And I, well, I, you know, when you're pressing, uploading the video and it says processing, that's not processing the, 
the digital information as if it's uploading. It's it's using AI technology to trans. Yes. I can't remember yes. I heard it's to transcribe your uh, your your uh, things that you say into words. But here's the thing, Martin. Right, there was actually a clip in that in that podcast I did. My my producer Marty, who's just an absolutely excellent man. Uh, I'm like Marty. I wish you could put the father holding his dead baby, crying. You know, not not for gore. We're not into all that shit, right? But just so people could freaking understand this is real. That is like you holding your child and they're dead. They're gone. You know, the most important thing in your life, everything you stood yeah. for and loved and, and worked and, and they've been killed by bombs, bullets and guns that are sold by some sick, sadistic, sociopath. You know, Sweden are big arms suppliers. France are, Britain are, America are. I think Israel are. You know, these are sick, sick people that love war because they watch their stocks go through. That's the what road. it's about. Their, their god is money. You know, it, it's it's greed. It's it's like, you know, you know. I I'd, I'd look at if I look back to when I was a kid and I think, you know. The times we're living in now seem so far away, and I wonder what kind of modern technology would be there to make our lives better. How how how, how much better would life be in the future? And it and it hasn't really been. It's been it's been. There, you find out technology has just been another way of mass surveillance and and another way to enslave us and and monitor us. And you you'd, you'd think to yourself that maybe we we could have worked something out that we didn't need to keep bombing people and killing people, but. Technology has just increased to to bomb more people and and turn more people against each other and you know that the whole thing that like with uh, what happened in, in two thousand fourteen I think I think a lot of people within Israel are, are waking up to this because I think Israel in itself has a lot of ethnic tensions between the Israelis you know there's a lot of different groups who are who are kind of get a better end of the stick than others and I, I think I think they you know. Lukid as a as a party is it's it's a right wing, ultra conservative party, and I, I think I know a lot of Israelis who are sound, you know, and you know some of them have probably been through, you know, the IDF and and seen seen their friends being killed and they've killed other people. And at the end of the day, if you if you kill someone's children and they've nothing left to lose, then they're going to exact revenge, and that spiral of Revenge is never going to end, and if you know, if if you're planning on revenge, you've got to dig two, two graves. I can't understand why. It, it, there has to be a change within within the country, you know, where people are like, look, there has to be a better way than this. But you know, like like in, in Northern Ireland, like they, they managed to sort out Northern Ireland. I mean, it's it's not it's not great, and there's obviously going to be a history there. But at least people are now living with each other in in. There's always going to be people with an agenda to, to, you know, progress their own, their own riches or their own consolidate power. But I think it's got to come from people who've just had enough and they just want to live a life where they're not looking over your shoulder the whole time. And you, that's the same thing with you, you know. Would, you would say people are waking up. Like honestly, I get a guy. I can feel people are waking up. I can. Yeah. I can feel it. The I fact that you have Robbie like, Williams on your podcast talking yeah, about this. Yeah, I get you on my podcast. I get Robbie. I speak to lots of people every, every day. I spend a lot of time speaking to people, right? And everybody is united in peace. 
everybody I speak to understands this agenda that's going on. The, the problem is we still have a massive swathe of society that believe what they see on the news. They think it's yep. real. They think there's good, you know, you listen to former Navy SEALs talking, they still talk about good guys and bad guys like they think they're in a freaking John Wayne film. Mm. Like that that's the level, that's the extent of brainwashing that's yep. that's going on. Um and so God, I mean, we should point out to people at home who are watching this who who might not have seen Hardy Bucks, <laughs> they're probably thinking, like, who's this guy? He he's got something to say, but who is he, right? And it's good credit to you, Martin, that your comedy series is one of my most favourite ever. It's up there with Blackadder. It's up there with the young ones. It's absolutely freaking hilarious. And it's, you, it's, it's unique, mate, on its own. It stands on its own. It's so... The, 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 the dialogue in it, it's just brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant, right? Everything I love. And do you know what? You're such a kind man. You've come on my put. We haven't even talked about you and your comedy, which which we will. In fact, maybe let's do it now and, and we'll yeah. come, come back. It, to it got a bit heavy there. But, but like, yeah, well, 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 basically, Chris, thank you very much for, for the props. Um, I know. Thank you. We start off as just, you know, me and Chris, the lad who plays a Viper, we, we were big fans of comedy and it felt like we were never... We were never going to get anywhere within TV. We wanted to, again, wanted to work there because that's where we were interested in comedy. And we just we just started off with a camcorder and me doing a few, a few like ad-libbing, a mixture of different characters I knew in real life. And then people came down from Chris's college. And they were like, oh, this looks great. We'll, ha- we'll help out. And yeah, it just started snowballing. And then, yeah, with the, with the advance of the internet and, and YouTube and whatnot, and... Yeah, it really it just became like a sensation in Ireland. But in, we knew that it pissed off the establishment of um, you know the, the the elite kind of industry heads in Ireland because we just came out of nowhere with with very little equipment and ad libbed, and nothing had ever been done like that that had caught the essence of what it was like living in small town rural Ireland, and you know. Yeah, lots of smoking and hanging around and being bored. And, you know, it's a little bit like Last of the Summer Wine on hash. <laughs> oh, I tell you what, I should let, let me pin you some practical questions. So, for people listening or watching, it's a very funny series. You can find a lot of it on YouTube if you just want to get the essence of it. I'm sure it's all on you. Someone ripped it all off and stuck it up on YouTube. Yeah. It's called Hardy Bucks. So Hardy Bucks is like, you know, what, Tough Boy or something, right? Like a bit of a yeah. geezer. Bit of a yeah, geezer. Yeah. It's, what, it's what older people used to talk about, lads around the town who, uh, <laughs> oh, that lad's a hardy buck. No, he, steer, steer clear away from him. He's a hardy buck. Oh, <laughs> it's fucking dodgy. That, that's, that is, that, it just captures the essence of, 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 the, of the show. Um, and it was like an every man's town, you know, like the, yeah. the, there's a lot of like even people in small towns in England and, 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 and even like I've had, since it's been on Netflix, there's, there's been lads from like Arizona and Texas coming. Oh, dude, it's exactly like that here. 
I was over in New Jersey about 2006. And a friend of mine, Pat McHugh, he was, I met him in Ireland. I'd never been to America before. My, my, I think my dream of what America was like was cooler than when I got there. And he was talking to me about New Jersey. He's like, yo, man, we just, we sit there and we blaze a dime bag and we just look at Manhattan. I was like, wow, that sounds like a movie. And I went there and it's just like a load of lads in a flat smoking, smoking a huge blunt. They're all sharing a communal rum and coke while watching cops on a big plasma TV. And I was like, first thing I said, I was like, that's ironic. You're watching cops while smoking a big blunt. I, I just, all I got was just, huh. And I realized that this is, this is New Jersey, but it may, it could, it may as well be Tuba Curry in Sligo. Like I could see lads in this group who were exactly like lads I knew from Ireland. I was like, there's no difference. People, people are all the same across the world. You know, hey, I've, I've got one for you, right? When I did uh, skydive, and I've done it twice now. I've done it in New Zealand. I've done it in America. Good crack, was it? I, I think it actually it was my first. Yeah, oh, mate, if anyone watching, do the skydiving course. It's, it's the, the tandem, yeah, great. But actually do this, get to jump out on your own. It's just brilliant, brilliant, right? I'd always be and afraid I, that I'd be like, oh, when do I open? I'm like, oh, shit. Oh, no, don't worry about that. Just open if you feel like it. If you're having a bad day, actually, it opens itself. So you're, you're quite... Oh, really? Cool. Yes. Oh, that's you've got, good. You've got something called the... Uh, oh, there's a name for it. The, the something or other, I'm not going to pretend I can remember. But basically, it's an electronic pair of shears that sit in the back of your parachute. And if for some reason, like say you've had a, you've hit somebody else and you're unconscious, it knows when you've gone underneath, let's say 2,000 feet, it knows, hey, this guy hasn't pulled his chute yet. And it, and it cuts the string and your chute will come out and save you, right? Wow. Brilliant, isn't it? How we can go from hardy bucks to weapons of mass destruction to how you save yourself this is why podcasting is just so, so cool. <laughs> but anyway. You wouldn't get, would get on mainstream TV. Is it like, they'd be too worried about getting like pissing advertisers off. There's a lot of censorship going on. I mean, like the Google has, has really increased the censorship and they do stay away because like what they've done with David Icke, for example, I mean, like you can, you can, you know, a lot of people have their opinions about David Icke and uh, fairness to him. He's, um, you know, I'd like to get David Icke on the podcast and just talk about football and just off-topic stuff with him. You, you know so what I mean? You, Marty, it's so interesting you say that because um, me and my producer at the minute, we're, we're trying to do exactly that. We're trying to get over there to the Isle of Wight and just show the man because he's a lovely man. It's that Did simple. you see Carl Pink at the time when uh, Carl Pilkington went and interviewed him? I... Brilliant. I, I, I only loosely uh, one of those things like I've been on the fringe I think I, I saw it there's it, just too much to watch mate isn't there there it's, is and I work you know I, as I make no I make no um, hiding of this as I work hard I get up early and I work very late and I take time there's nothing wrong with that in the day you know but uh, let's just go back to the New Zealand thing is <laughs> so this Kiwi guy He's a you know jump instructor. He gets people strapped to him and jumps out of planes, and he instructs on how to jump out of planes and this sort of thing. We're there in the aircraft hangar, and uh, and we're all we're all chatting away. And you know it's different when you go to different places in the world. They've all got their different take on things. But if you go to like a Commonwealth 
country. So we're talking what Canada, New Zealand, Australia, America, America. Sorry, I'm dodgy ground there, aren't I? But do you know what I mean? Places where English people have got a real connection. You see those slight cultural differences, differences, but but you you get it. You just you immediately get it, right? And this guy's like, hey. Let's come back here and I have a blaze in the plane. <laughs> Blazing squad. As if it matters where you smoke weed, like in the plane. But I, it was, was the plane flying at the time or was he just going to sit in the plane and have a blaze? Hey, my mate was a pilot in in, um, in, in Florida. I got to know him always. I, I, I was staying in a tent on the airport, right? One night they had one of these uh, storms that kicks off. But we're talking hurricane almost hurricane level right where was this uh it's a place uh i i i learned to fly in fort pierce which is florida so you can fly i i have a pilot license um, i implore you to be my pilot when i make it big <laughs> <laughs> so i learned to Stop fly. me down to tesco <laughs> yeah i'll run you down there yeah <laughs> if you pay for the aviation gas <laughs> that's fine i have gas so i learned to fly in florida then they gave me the plane. They lent me the plane, and me and my mate, a uh, Scot- Scottish guy, Adam, his name name is. We're still in touch now. We flew the plane up to a place called Sebastian, um, and you're having to listen on the radio. Are there skydivers in the air? Because the last thing you want to do is fly across the airport when they're coming out the sky because you're going to chop them up, right? Do you yeah. listen? Are there skydivers in the air? Nope, skydivers on the ground. Right? Okay, we la- and we landed there at Sebastian. And Adam flew the plane, obviously, back. So it's kind of cool. You're a pilot. They've given you a plane. You've just flown it 40 miles north to go skydiving. And I, and I, I skydived for three weeks there. And you, I'm just saying to everyone, live your dream. Please dream. I think yeah, you don't important. dream anymore. I think yeah, you're, you're- I think they don't dream. I think they think, oh, that's not, I could never do that. Therefore, I'm not going to, no, dream. I watched Point Break about 10 or 15 years earlier. And I thought, get him when he comes back in. He's not coming back in. Let me ride the wave, man. (laughs) Bells Beach, Torquay. It's it's a rush like no other dude. And he just gives him a parachute. And I'm like, I want that. I want to do that. Funny you I, say I, that because when you were talking about parachutes earlier on, I remember watching, I think it was I don't know, years ago, it was like movies, it used to be called movies, movies, movies. Then it changed to movies, games, and videos. But it was like something like that. It was on like ITV and it showed the stuntman who did the the scene where he gives him the parachute and he throws him out of the plane. Uh, what, when you were telling me about the, you know, the, the parachutes, I was instantly reminded of those stuntmen who had to do it with a concealed parachute in their jacket. Uh, I don't know why I was thinking about that. So it's funny that you brought Point Break. I haven't seen that for years. Oh. I wouldn't mind watching it. Yes, some people. Johnny Utah. Some people snort for it. Some people gamble for it. We jump. <laughs> he gives in the parachute, and he's never done it before. And they, yeah. When I saw that, I'm like, right, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna do. I'm. Yeah, I don't know when. It might be in ten years. Might be fifteen. Might be. I, I, but I am gonna do that one day. And this is how I. This is how I work my mind, Martin. And it yeah. always comes true on me. Well, well, the thing is, the thing is about a dream. It's a GPS. I mean, like, because you know, you can see it in your head, and basically, it'll life will steer. Like, if you talk, if you if you have a dream and you believe in it, with that belief, 
you're going to tell people around you, oh, I'm going to do this. And they're like, you say it was such, un- it's even like when, you know, we started the show, I knew that we were, we were going to make it. And I just thought, yeah, we're going to make it. And we did. And then we kind of all kind of fell out a bit and then went in different directions, but it's life. But for all intents and purposes, yeah, we made it. And even when we got to TV, I was like, I haven't thought the, for the bit after this. And I was kind of like, when I got there, I was like, well, what do we do now? So it, it was always important to have then more dreams backed up. But you're right. Like if my brother-in-law always taught me the old, like the old saying, um, aim for the stars because you hit the branches. But if you aim for the branches, you won't get off the ground. And I always kind of use that as, as uh, a way of thinking. But yeah, it's important to have dreams. Like, yeah. there's, there's, and there's people who have given up on their dreams who become cynical and they will give you the advice of like, oh, you're wasting your time. Like if I listened to all those people who told me I was wasting my time, I'd probably be a stockbroker now living in a massive house. <laughs> uh, Mr. Sean Atwood, I just wanted to say, actually, you mentioned the Outer Shadows earlier. Yeah. Um, Sean Atwood, that Sean Atwood, for people listening, made an amazing documentary. It's called The UK's Hidden Shadows. I think there was some kind of like... Oh, there's a lot of dodgy bastards in the... Like, look at the whole thing with uh, fucking Glitter, man. Or, or not Glitter, but him and, and, and Rolf Harris and Savile and all those guys. That's only the tip of the iceberg, man. You know, there's... there's these, these fuckers, they have everything they want. I don't know if it's some sort of weird ceremonial shit they're into or it's power, but this, there are... So, unfortunately, the, the world is run by psychopaths and, and people who are working for dark forces and when you were talking about like who puts things into videos uh, and it's kind of like, have I ever witnessed any weird shit? No, thank God. Um, but like, I think it, I think there's a lot of, you know, I think it's, it's, it's a, it's more of if you can, if, if you're taken over by a certain way of behavior that isn't in tune with what your natural moral compass should be. And, and, and if you're surrounded, like, you know, like a look at, look at the likes of, Weinstein and all those guys like he wielded there's a lot of I think in the entertainment business there's a lot of cowardice and it's like if you look at what happened with Weinstein after it was safe enough to then come out against him everyone oh geez I had no idea this was going on but yeah that's terrible the likes of Meryl Streep and you know Oprah Winfrey and all that she, wasn't she down visiting St. John of God's place and oh there's a great presence here and it turns out he was fucking human trafficking and he was a shot you know he was a guy was a maniac you know it's like there's a lot. There's a lot of weird shit going on up at the top of. Mate, what about Dave Chappelle? That is the one that. Oh, I'm going to talk quick because I know I was. Well, yeah, but exactly. What what was it that he? What what was it that he was getting away from there? Yeah. So for people listening, Dave Chappelle, very funny comedian, absolutely like this man here that I'm talking to today. Hey, to be, to be put in the same class as him. Hey, mate, well, you, yeah, no, you are. He's in it. You guys are in a class of your own, and it's absolutely brilliant. Dave had his first series. Maybe he had two. I, 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 and then he got the deal. Like, you walk in a room, and there's 50 executives, and they're like, right, sign on the line. And, and this is what we call the Faustian pact, that you're signing your soul to the devil, right? And when, when you do, you can't go back. I'm not saying it's true. I'm just mm. saying this is what it's referred to as, okay? And he went, fuck that shit. I like doing my little comedy. It was just, just like the Hardy Bucks. I, I, it was cool. Yeah. You know, I was famous. It was cool. I don't need the million dollars. And he went, he ran away 
literally ran Africa. away to South Africa, right? Yeah. Never actually, never ever heard him talk about, you know, he says he went to Africa. It's like, well, hang on, that's like a fucking continent, dude. That's like saying, you know, I went to England and, but you actually went to Torquay. <laughs> it's, 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 it's weird that he never talked. But the point I'm getting to, folks, is he went away from it. In 10 years, he was off the scene. But when he came back, he went on Oprah and he's like, it was weird. I'm looking around and I'm looking at the people that have signed this million dollar deal, like the Mariah Carey's of the world. And hang on, they went from like being this person who was, you know, cool, good, happy, to suddenly being like big tits on the front of every magazine. Suddenly not, not, not that person that the, that they, you know, basically we're talking like Illuminati front person, right? Like Lady Gaga and Ariana Grande. But here's, Martin, here's the thing, right? His biggest grudge was like, you ain't getting me to wear women's clothes. Yeah, yeah. That's but they did that to thing. Jamie Foxx. They do that yeah. to Eddie Murphy. You know, anyone who, like, it seems to be some sort of, I think, like, because one half of me thinks, was there any big, weird Faustian pact as in, like, you know, sign your name in blood kind of stuff or is it just like he said they want to feel like they own you so they will humiliate you and make you do humiliating things and you, if, got, you got to go on stage at the oscars and make an idiot of yourself so when you yeah. see these things in the media that 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 is it is it kanye kanye's gone on stage and he's trying to grab the award off taylor what's no Swift. that is all planned he he's told You've got to go and make an idiot of yourself. Then yeah. you get this thing, you know, hey, radio, he radio. Something happened with Kanye West uh, a while back, didn't he? he like he was, he, he was doing a, he was talking about Jay-Z. He was caught and he was, he was saying, they got killers, man. And, and then, then he was taking away, the men in, with the white coats and butterfly nets came after him. Yeah, yeah. And, and then, who's he best buddies with? Donald Trump. I'm not. I'm not saying anything now. I don't. I don't get you it. You know what? I really love. I really love the work of Kenya. Kenya is beautiful. Is his his uh, his wife? Uh, Kim, she's beautiful. Terrific. Terrific lady. Terrific. Uh, they came here to the Trump Tower, and you know, I said, "I'll keep you safe, Kenny. You know, just uh, just give me a pair, a pair of your shoes there, and we we get down the golf club." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I like Kanye. Kanye's good. He's like really, really very. Like he tripped with all the really youngsters. Like... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let me get back to my point, right? Sorry about yeah. But no, 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 no. This, this is uh, just so I don't forget. Um, Dave Chappelle, his big thing is you ain't gonna dress me in women's clothes. Fair play for, people, for people listening, or what, Chris? What the fuck are you going on about? It's he talks thing, about it. Google it. They yeah. make every black celebrity at some yeah. point in their career dress as a woman. Oh, like, loads of people, fucking Jamie Foxx, Eddie Murphy, uh, Jamie Fox, the, Eddie, Eddie, yeah, I'm, the big I'm, lad who I'm got touched up in the Me Too. Uh, what's his name? He's in Expendables. Oh, he's a big, massive, like ex NFL player, and he got, he got touched. No, not no. The Rock. Um, but yeah, you know, and then you got Saturday Night Live, man. That's it's just so weird because there's a really weird kind of there's a weird kind of uh, almost like pro degeneracy kind of shit coming out of Hollywood where, you know, it's like, it's just a bit like Saturday night. Like there's, there's, there's some very funny people in Saturday night Live, but it's, it feels like whoever the owner of it is, is into, is, is a bit 
connected into like the, the Clinton side of things and whatnot. I mean, the, there's, there's a kind of like, a, again, comedy is a great method of, of getting propaganda and that kind of thing. But I think the, the main thing at the moment where all that weird narrative and, you know, just a lot of this weird public conditioning is in advertisements uh, and advertising as as a as an industry is just can I um Martin sorry to shysters. I'm sorry to uh, talk over sorry mate, yeah Basically, going off on another one let's get this straight it's my podcast I'm the fucking best um, when I speak you're you're just a guest all right yeah just so we look so <laughs> so we know where we are <laughs> that's no, the best way no, of doing no, it actually <laughs> all it is I don't want to lose our audience on what I was trying to say what I was trying yeah. to say is so Dave Chappelle comes back with his million dollar deal. So he's obviously signed it, right? Wasn't it $60 million? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. No, no, it's yeah, 50 yeah. million, yeah. F- 50 million, right? And he openly said, you can be like a nobody in the street or you can be the world's most famous comedian on $50 million a year. And I, I went for that one. But here is the thing. He rocked up on this chat show you can find this online. I, I'm not going to pretend it was one of these kind of late night show. You know, it wasn't the the James Corden dude. Uh, but but anyway, he rocked up on one. And what is he wearing? He's wearing. People are going to go. No, it was a t-shirt. No, it wasn't. It was a t-shirt that came down to his knees. You can see this online, right? This is a guy would never wear women's clothes. And yet he rocks up on this thing. He's got this shirt that is so ridiculously long. It was It's like your, the dress that your missus wears in the summer. It, oh, nice. I'm, not, I'm not kidding. It clearly, symbolically, was women's clothes. And there he is. Dave, if you're listening, nothing personal, mate, but, you know, come on a podcast and explain that one, baby, because... He probably would. You know, yeah, I, and I'm, Martin, with everything I say, I'm not accusing. I'm trying to freaking understand because I've got a family. Dave got to, when I'm dead, my boy's got to live on. Mm. And I want to have done my best for him. You know, I want to have done my, I want to say, right, son, I've, I've tried. You know, this is how, like, I, I think it is. I think it's definitely order out of chaos, you know. Isn't that written on the bank of the yeah bottom of the dollar bill? Order order ab chaos. It means order out of chaos. Yeah, I, I, yeah. It's like a, a, an ancient Masonic sort of term. And this is all I'm doing. I, I'm I'm. But there's a lot of that stuff, you know, going on. I mean, with with secret societies and you know the like, a lot of people. When I bring this up, a lot of people say to me, "Oh." Oh yeah, it's just a just a boys' club, you know, for rich people. It's like, well, I mean, why is it so? It's interesting because if you look at if you, I, I seen something the other day which had um, like Gmail was the apron, and uh, it's a lot of weird stuff like 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 Google is like the king sign. It's like the Google Chrome. It's like it's a six six six. I remember watching the David Icke video where he's talking about like the. I mean, it's, it goes into like way off. Again, I'll I'll give anything a listen, and and it's because it, I think like I've come to the stage where we can't really be sure what the hell's going on in in reality. 
And I kind of feel like reality is, it feels like it's changing and getting, it's, it's not like the same as it used to be when we were younger. It feels like there's, no one really has a, a, a solid grasp on anything anymore. And it feels like the, the more we look into things, the more we realize we don't understand. And um, yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, symbolism. I am. Um, is it, does it sound grandiose, mate, if I say, I think I do understand now? as far as you're ever going to mm-hmm. no it doesn't i mean and sometimes i feel like i've got a complete handle on it and then 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 something else will come along and i'm like i don't know you know and then, then you start doubting yourself but like i find sometimes it's when when you you when you have a good idea of what it is you're talking about and then you'll meet someone who's like a complete normie who, who doesn't look into any of this and then then you start feeling like hey, a, but the, 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 let's make it clear they are becoming the most the, the you know these normal normans that believe what they read in the sun and let's go to war because there's loads of bad guys out there they becoming a minority don't forget that people listen you know stick with your beliefs yeah and and just have your have your talking points ready to go and and instead of the burden of proof being on us maybe the burden of proof should be on them you know you know and and then just because i think we've we've looked into this long enough the thing is there will be some some shit thrown into muddy the water but you know you have to use your discernment and judgment, and then and then figure out is this some sort of psyop to to get people off the track? Which there's an awful lot of that going on, but there's an awful lot of connecting dots. Uh, like I I had a conversation with a friend of mine there last week, and um, he's like, oh, I just can't understand it. You know, you have these numbers, and it's just not adding up. And I said, well, yeah, because the piece I've just said to you that you laughed at me for. If you throw that piece into the puzzle, it starts making perfect sense. Yeah, of course, of course. I, 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 it doesn't. I think again to to be able to entertain these un, you know, it's like comforting lies versus unpleasant truths. You're going to go to the uh, most people if they're not made of of the tough stuff. They're just going to go for the you know the the comforting lies. But if you're prepared to 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 just look at that world. It's, it, when you step out of the, the veneered, polished narrative that we're all supposed to follow, it's a lonely place and it's, uh, it's a scary place and it's easy to become black-pilled. And then, and then I, but I think that people, you know, like we spoke about this on Friday, that there's, I think it takes 5% of the world's population to, to wake up and, and then you meet, you, you'll reach a critical mass. And at the moment, I think the censorship that we're seeing everywhere and and the mainstream media pushing as much as they can against anyone who, who who goes against that narrative is an indication of how they've got to get a lid on this as soon as they can because the thing that's backfired about them is people who would never have had the time to look at these these theories and or, or, or beliefs are now going hang on a minute this makes sense and why the fuck am i working you know six days a week to pay 65% of tax to fund military campaigns to steal resources from poorer people around the world. To, to be indebted for life for, for the oh, roof man. over my head and to pay for life the student loan that I took out. Like, <sighs> what kind of elders in a tribe charge the young warriors, male or female, for their education? That is fucking weird. And, and nobody questions it. Ukraine... The prime minister of Ukraine now is a comedian. So basically it took a comedian to, you know, because comedians by and large are observant, you know, good ones. They, they observe the world around them and, and they do it with a open, 
and and non-critical way they just observe and then and they they express it so the people of ukraine were like you know what we're sick of these politicians this dude you know speaks sense and he's funny so uh, he's going to be against the stage where like you know the uh you know the the comedians are acting like politicians and the politicians are comedians you know if, I, I don't know the, the world is getting that's what i'm saying about the reality of the world it's, it's just it's fucking mental We've been here. I don't know. I'm not really good with dates and timings and stuff, but I do know like as Homo sapien or whatever it is we are, that that's been like a hundred thousand years. Who knows? Probably longer. But we also got to remember we've evolved from like some single cell organism or whatever it was in the swamp. So we've probably been here for a few million, if if not wait. And there's and, nothing new under the sun. Well, the thing is, we survived. We've come through famine, storms, drought, ice ages. You know, our DNA is... It's Has gone all the way back. Pretty freaking good. But we get to 2020 and Bill Gates tells us we're fucked. We're all yeah. going to die if we don't go with this program. And they have the birth strikers as well. I'm not having children because of the environment. And you're like, so, so all those people for, for thousands of thousands of years, all, all the way back through, through everything that's happened, you're just going to decide to arbitrarily go, yeah, I'm going to extinguish that torch of life with me because I've fallen for some sort of propaganda bollocks. You know, it's like, just disconnect from the fucking mainstream. Yeah, bullshit. we're waking up, mate. We're, people like us, you know... I'm, I don't, well, we woke. I don't know what the bloody term is, but we, mate, we're not the minority anymore. It's the great awakening. We are becoming the majority. Even people that don't kind of get it know, they know something's not right. They know something's not right, and it's been oh, it's okay now to question things and and to to learn. You know, well, uh, look at the US, though, Chris. I mean, for example, look at the opioid crisis. I mean, there are like. And, and, and all these big companies have outsourced all of the labor for profit overseas and destroyed the, the workforce. And in, in England as well, look around England. Like, you're talking about people just have no, no purpose anymore. I mean, a lot, or a, lot, a lot of people don't. A lot of people who, who would have been working in like mines in, in, let's say, Barnsley or somewhere in Sheffield, those jobs are gone. And, and, and the, you know, the steel factories, like all, all the construction jobs, there's not enough. There's not enough work anymore in mm. in Europe because it's all gone overseas for profits for big companies. So people are yes. just sitting around. Going, what, what am I supposed to do in my life? People. I'm, I'm talking about young men. Let's use the example of young men. It, it, they have no roots to manhood anymore. No, they, they don't, don't follow their dad into the farmer's field or into the factory or into the you know the steelworks or the blacksmiths or all that. You know, unless now you get a degree, which isn't really anything to shout home about it's basically a bit of pe- it's not like the old days when we went to uni you had to be a bit brainy and a bit clever no it's just a, a way to scam you out of money paying off a student debt for 10 years and reduce the unemployment statistics so yeah if you ain't got what it takes to go to uni because you know you're just a grassroots boy or what we used to call working class you're fucked you you're unemployed you, you there's there's no you know unless you want to sit in a call center 
for a 12 hour day making shit you know, money make, you know making four pound 80 an hour or yeah. well, i'm a bit bit out of bit out of touch with all that stuff now yeah but, but like the average wage nowadays like so let's say yeah you haven't got a college you haven't got your degree so you're basically you're working in hospitality or you're working in construction the amount of work and effort that you have to put in and then like about 30 years ago one parent could could raise a family of five send them all off to school they'd all had plenty to eat they had a car they had a house nowadays like on those, on those kind of wages how the hell are you even supposed to like Ireland, for example, has, and, and even Sweden, like if you want to buy an, a regular apartment here, you're talking about in Stockholm, you're talking about like four, 300 grand. Yeah. That's, just, that's not even a big apartment. And that, that's an apartment. And it's just, it, all, the property has been way overinflated. And, and there's going to be a huge property bust coming again. Like this, this whole thing was set up. And I, I, I've often said that this whole pandemic event was a catalyst to, to, to a veil of plausible deni- deniability from the, from, you know, big finance again. The, the, these recessions come every 12 years on average. Oh my God. It's the same with the wars, mate. I've worked it out yeah. with the wars. What they do, they leave a 20 year gap. And do you know why? It's sort of the old bastards like, like I was going to say me and you, but you're young and handsome. I'm just an old, right. But it's so people like me, we become irrelevant. Yeah, and the next young people go, yeah, war, pick up a gun, man. They're bad guys, yeah. and, and they believe all the bullshit itself. again. They they leave at that strategic gap. So people like me, we our stories become irrelevant. All the knowledge we gain by being in combat becomes irrelevant, and they buy the next lot of propaganda, mate. Cocaine. Why is that so huge at the minute? That's Why fucking everywhere people, again? Well, no. What does cocaine do? It 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 it. it it feeds your ego doesn't it it's an ego drug it makes you feel like the big man or the cool classy woman right why do people need to feel that well just what you said mate they've got they're not happy working in the call center it's just not cool it's another distraction same thing with booze as well like if like if if booze was any good it'd be illegal and that's coming from a man who enjoys a few pints yeah but like but but weed weed is you know, obviously, I think I think weed has been over over uh, synthesized and and you know just genetically modified to to be mental like super skunk and that kind of stuff. But weed, as it grew in naturally, it's probably quite mellow and had a lot of medicinal. Yeah, well, properties. it was a herb, wasn't it? It was a herb. Yeah. herb. I'm not I'm not I'm not advocating any drug. I know people say, yeah. You got- I think weed does well when you eat it because it's alkaline. It alkaline. It's 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 very earthy when you taste weed, and this is why I think when people go, "Yeah, weed is good for." Yeah, if you eat it, if you smoke yeah. it, it's a carcinogenic. You're taking carbon into the most delicate part of your body. Don't try and claim, you know, it might chill you out. It might, you know, if you've got Alzheimer's or something or anxiety. Yeah, yeah, I get, I get that there might be some benefit smoking, but. No, it's it's the fact that it, at grassroots, if you eat weed, I'm sure it's really alkalizing on your body, and that 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 al- alkaline is never going to be a bad thing. Which is good um, for the liver as well. But I would say to anyone, I I really don't think human beings need to take any poisons into their body to do anything. I'm not saying that I don't or I never do. I you know I'm a never. No, that's a good point because it, it, it is a toxin at the end of the day. Like yeah, you, it's a toxin. Mushrooms it's a as well. It's a plant designed to say, 
don't fucking eat me or I'm going to make you feel fucked, mate. And you are never going to eat me again because your head is going to go cuckoo. You're going to spin out. You're going to have the most paranoid episode you ever imagined. And you'll go, right, I ain't eating that plant again. <laughs> that, that, spiky, that spiky fucker, fuck you. <laughs> but yeah. We'll be eating peyote again. <laughs> cut, let, mate, let's get back. I really appreciate Martin, Eddie, that you, you, you're such a good man, such a good man to talk about this stuff, you know, but I am also aware that this, that you're on my podcast and you're also the star in one of the best ever comedies. And I, I love it. You know, I really learned a lot about comedy by watching the Joe Rogan show. Yeah. The way he talks about comedy is very, it draws you in. You want to, George, you yeah, fair play to him. <laughs> but what do you think about him going to Spotify? It's a it lot of money, it, mate. They're all they're all platforms owned by the ruling elite. It's never going to be. Um, it's never going to be. Um, you know, it's never like going to be in our interest, is it? <laughs> Nice bit, like just lovely bit of paper. This isn't it? It's kind of like rectangular. Um, yeah, 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 it's solid. Like re- lovely. It's white. I like the, I like the white. The, the whiteness of it is really, it's really. You just kind of balance like the camera. I don't want to go on this podcast or anything like that, you know. But well, yeah, okay, yeah. mate, maybe get there. You'll get there. No, he's, uh, I, I was amazed that uh, Eddie Bravo came on my podcast as well. That was one of those moments where I was like, wow, I've got Eddie Bravo on. Um, and he, he was he was good crack to talk to. But um, he, he, I asked him, could he could he use this uh, squad cast that I use for... But Zoom is way better. I'm paying 20 quid a month for the squad cast thing. It's like Zoom gives you an audio file and a video file. It's like, I think I might do all my podcasts on Zoom from now on. But uh, So the quality was, was pretty bad because I just... I was like, right, you, you've only got a limited amount of time to get this in the bag with Eddie Bravo. So I just had to like record the phone and take a Zoom recorder and just stick them beside the, the computer as it was, you know, as loud as it could be. And then just trying to sync the two audio files up in Logic afterwards. Oh, mate, 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 mate. Better off with Zoom. And can I just clarify? No, I don't care if I'm on the Joe Rogan. I, 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 but you, pro- you probably will one day. I mean, like, you, you know, you've... Your own story is a fantastic story as well. I mean, it must yeah. have been mental over in Hong Kong when you were working for, for triads. But it's weird, isn't it? It's it's hot it, uh, to me. It's just my story, mate. You know, I've just uh, all I've ever did is live my life. That's it. Not, there's nothing special about it. I've just live my life. Has it been mental? Well, yeah, because I wanted a I wanted a mental life. I wanted, yeah. you know, I wanted to throw myself out of airplanes. Uh, the whole drug thing. When I look back, it's, it's, I was obviously trying to find who I was and what I was about and why Why did I have these questions in my head? And again, that comes from a, a challenging childhood. Um, but no, I've, I've just lived my life. How old were you that? 23 at the time? I was 25, mate. Tw- tw- about 26 by the time I worked for the 14K. It was mad when you were saying that when you came back to the airport, your dad didn't even recognise you. I remember I was in a court case a couple of years ago for fighting bouncers. The whole thing was fucking bullshit, man. It was just, at the end of the day, it was, it was a scrap. But like, it, it, 
it was a hell of a, a hell of an upheaval in my life. For it was just you'd be sitting there at night going, "Oh God, what if I say this? If I'm asked this question?" And I like basically I told I made a statement, probably still pissed. And I remember as I was doing the statement, it was one of the police was a fan of the show. And I remember when I was coming out, it was just it was a scrap with some some bouncers, right? And when I was going into the the, the station, the one one of the one of the guards was like. Oh yeah, we got a celebrity in the house, and I was like, "Ah, oh, fuck!" But like during the statement, they were asking me one of the, one of these guys just didn't like me, and he wanted to do me. You know, that's that's just like but the other guy was sound. He was like, "How many measurements of alcohol were in the drink?" And I said, "I'm not sure." A Mister Dan Riley of Longford administrated the drink. I don't know how many measurements were in it. And I turned to the man and left during questioning, all on record, and I went, "But they were well laced." And he was like, Ooh. Uh, but the thing is, it was an honest, you know, usually I, I suppose looking back, if anyone is ever arrested, I would say, don't say anything until your lawyer arrives. But like, if you're absolutely smashed at the time, you're like, ah, fuck the lawyers. Um, but that whole thing was really stressful. But I, I, you know, I would turn it over and over in my head and it was just like a weight on my shoulders for like a year and a half. But I remember I was surfing and off the coast of Sligo, it was just, I remember it just being tossed around by a huge wave that just rolled me over and I came up on the other side of this wave and I just seen like the, the sun was starting to set over the mountains and, and I just thought to myself, where I am now, I'm, I'm at one. It sounds really cheesy to say, but I was at one with, with Mother Nature and the elements. And I realized that the rule of man is passing. Like this place I'm afraid of because I mean, but at the end of the day, I, I was thinking like, what right do they have, really? Is, is, the law is written by some guys who came together and wrote a constitution. But it's like, there was a great serenity in that time where I just looked at the, the, the timelessness of the mountains and the ocean and the sun. I just thought, like, the, the law of nature doesn't, it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't apply, or the law of man doesn't apply to nature. You know, it's funny because... You know, you grow up and it's, you know, because I, I, like I, I had this, uh, like I did a live stream. I've, I've, if you don't mind me giving my own channel a plug. I've been trying to grow it for years. I had 800 subscribers taken off me one day because uh, I suggested that Ellen had the uh, the same interior decor- decorator as Epstein. <laughs> really? Well, how, how did you lose subscribers? I don't know, man. Well, oh, they like just I, unsubscribed from you? No, it was like 800. I mean, maybe there were bot accounts. I don't know. But um there was, there was, I had my mate Jono on, who's a, who's a real juicy character. And uh, he was going, yeah, hey, check out Ellen. Yeah, the show looks like it's the same as Je- Epstein's Island. And I was looking, I was like, whoa. And there was a lot of other mad shit we were talking about. And um, next day, because I was really working hard to try and get it past 3,000 subscribers. And I've had this channel for five years and just couldn't get it past the, couldn't get it past the subscribe. Like, and I was like, yes, I'm going to get get past 3,000. 3, I checked the, uh, Check their subscriber count. It was like down to 2,300. It was like, yeah, over 700 subscribers. It's gone in one night. But then apparently there's a lot of bot accounts because you might have seen this when you were starting off. It was like, loved it. Can we be friends? And all this stuff. was like, oh. Oh, dude. Yeah, there was, a, there was an internet thing going around saying when, when you get that thing on your, on your, in your comment section, dude, can we be friends? Love your loved channel. It. And, and it's clearly, and weird thing is when you click on that person, They've got hundreds of thousands. thousands of views. No, all it is, they're farm. They're farming. farming yeah, they they put that the, the computer puts that comment on every video on YouTube, and people that are naive that have just got their channel go. Oh, I got a friend. Yeah, I like you. And what they do then uh, is they, right. what what they do then is they sell that channel 
to, let's say, Kanye, who yeah. changes the URL from www.youtube.com XYZ hashtag slash fucking this, fuck that, change it to youtube.com Kanye West. And that channel that's got now 1 million subscribers on it who don't really know why they subscribe and now belong to it's now um, Connie if you're listening <laughs> nothing personal mate I'm using you as an example uh, if your lawyers want to contact my lawyers I don't fucking have any mate sorry so you're pretty fucked represent yourself I got a tanner I'll give you a tanner Connie <laughs> yeah so it's Maloney's Digest uh, as, as you know sorry well, sometimes I stream like me playing like Resident Evil 2 and, you know, like, or like Modern Warfare and that kind of thing. But um, I put my, the Hardy Books podcast, I, I share it to there. But now I'm, I'm starting to do, because a couple of, couple of uh, subscribers were saying, can you do interviews that we can see? And I was like, well, uh, yeah. I'm just, again, I'm not that technical. And, and you, you kind of, you learn as you go. When we started off with Hardy Books, for example, you put a video up and you get loads of views. Obviously, it was, it was hilarious as well. Um, but something changed about four or five years ago where it became very uh, algorithm heavy and, and I just haven't really, you know, I, I haven't bothered really putting hashtags in or any of that kind of thing. Yeah. And well, sometimes you look at these, you know, you've got, you know, your son's five. I got a son who's three and a half now and he, he was going through an awful lot of a phase of watching this mindless shite. You've probably seen it yourself. It's just like Spider-Man characters just, and all these weird like shapes and, cars going into like sports cars going into like like pits of footballs that go everywhere and it's like like and it's just like nursery rhymes such as the muffin man the muffin man and i'm looking at the views it's like 25 million views and you're just like how the hell are these videos getting all these hits and um you think about that in adsense uh how much they get you're talking about 50 grand per video at that that's what i meant to say youtube is about the advertising that's what they. That's their thing. Is they want the people that pay. That is why they set up in a certain yeah. way. And you've yeah. got to follow that. So that that's it. It's not a free yeah. platform. It's not about to talk no, about it's not. what the fuck you want. You have. It's to a publisher. It. It's not a platform. It's a publisher. And and, and that's why there's a lot of this uh, with this net neutrality talk and and people are saying like you know you've got Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube, which are essentially the public square, but they're. You know, again, and here's the other thing with, with net neutrality and, and the, the freedom of information. If you disagree with somebody's, let's say, somebody's anti-mainstream narrative, right, then debate them. Mm. I mean, ha have a place where if, 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 you're, if what, what someone believes in doesn't hold up, it's got holes in it, and it's easily you know, uh, picked apart, then challenge them have the information out there let people decide what it is they want to believe or what they don't want to believe and but that's not happening like david ike for example being taken off youtube what that has done is just validated him completely it's like right we we, we like alex jones has taken like alex jones i think he was bought and sold a long time ago i mean alex jones went from like where are we just going to the bohemian grove and exposed all these illuminati elites the next thing it's like trump this trump i, I want to pray for netanyahu George Soros, he's safe from Soros. I'm like, what the fuck's going on with, with Jones, man? <coughs> hey, right, anytime I do a Jones impression, it knackers me vocal cords. He <coughs> was, yeah, and mate, you're good at your impressions. I, I'm, I'm trying to be diplomatic here without 
rocking the fucking apple tree or whatever, Mark. I, I make my own experience. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> I'm a bit thick. <laughs> but no, he started talking out about certain subjects. And I think, as an independent observer, he was quite right to do so because the official narrative, you know, I'm ex-military. I, I know what guns do. I know how you operate a weapon. I know the effect it has when you shoot, let's say, somebody in the head. The media is telling us this happened with this guy. That I'm just going to tell you, sorry, it, it, it don't work like it. It just doesn't work like that. And I think Alex had every right to question again i'm not even going to say the narrative but certain narratives they they did not add up they were absolutely bizarrely weird yeah. something was going on right and what's and here's the thing as well chris what's wrong with asking those questions if it's in public interest again what's wrong with with asking questions like i said yeah you know it's, it's like if you look at podesta for example it's like yeah uh, it was uh, it was debunked. I was like, no, it wasn't. Those fucking I mean, like no. WikiLeaks is is never wrong. That's the one thing. I, and actually, I have to say, the fucking treatment of Assad or Assad Assange, mm. man, that, that's that's crazy. It, like, what what's going on with him? I've seen his mum on fucking Facebook the other day or something, like begging, like send my son bloody. He's got nothing. They, you know, sign a petition, get my son a radio. Yeah, God knows what they're doing to him inside. And, and, and at the end of the day, you can say what you want about him as as, a, as an individual, you know. But like what he did, if, yeah. if, if it wasn't for him, a lot of shit would have gone would have gone under yeah. the radar. And no one would have known about. Yeah, I think I think okay. he, he was. He, I think the thing is with Jones is he sensationalized things for for. Um, you know, I, m- I remember listening to it like fucking hell, man. I was listening to it, like about six years ago during that whole court case thing. You know, I, I was depressed to be quite honest with you. You know, it was all like front pages and the way they made out like I, it said, Mark Maloney attacks three men in pub. Didn't like, that's not how it how it went out. None of, none of the details were. It was just it was a sensational headline to sell papers. Um, but I was I was depressed. And I started watching a lot of Alex Jones stuff, and he's like, he has some guy on. He's like. Oh my God, Alex is going to be the October surprise. I know something's happening. I was watching this guy. What's going to happen? You know, and it it shitted me up and nothing happened. And there was an awful lot of him kind of like stoking up fear and like saying that Y2K is going to, they got like high D's or, you know, the nuclear launch codes or, you know, this was back at the time of the millennium started and just whipping people up into a, into a panic. And it's, you know, you, you just want somebody who just tells you the fucking, they're they're as as true as. it's, It's fucking sensationalism. The, the, the whole Joe Rogan thing, right? For, for people listening that, that aren't like aware, I started listening to Joe Rogan. We're talking about three years ago now, maybe, maybe four, maybe, maybe might be long. And, and the reason I did is he was a massive conspiracy guy. I don't mean mm. that case. I mean, he just nailed it. He's like, been to the moon? Like, fucking really? You're like, dudes, are you that fucking stupid? You, you're going to believe that they, 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 you know, this was like his thing yeah and then he stopped that like, yeah because and then suddenly in one day literally it was ah uh, uh I, i'm not a sci- 
he says exactly the same thing as the uh the the oh God, there's another guy that won't won't speak about 9-11 uh who's the very famous jewish scholar uh i'm, I'm only I'm chomsky I'm, chomsky yes sorry sorry it's not like i don't know him it's my my yeah. I'm fucked from probably doing too many drugs over the years. Yeah. So Norm, right? You asked <coughs> about 9-11, mate. He, he knows what you can talk. You can talk about Vietnam and how, what a scam that was. Who's, and this thing is, you, you, whose dad was the admiral of the you, ship you in the Bay of Tonkin. See, see, I'm wearing a Dawes t-shirt. But Jim Morrison's dad was the admiral in the, in the, the Bay of Tonkin invasion. There you go. There you go. Right. Then again, that's the whole, that's the whole Laurel Canyon, you know, Frank Zappa, Joan Baez. There was a lot of you know military families who. who I mean, that's the other thing we could, uh, I wanted. I was going to bring up as well was the uh, the sixties and how that was, you know, the sixties was was Tavistock and uh, you know could have been elements of of uh, Fort Detrick, which is where apparently a lot of MK Ultra experiments went on. Uh, you know that, that acid came out. Uh, my my sister talks about this a lot with me how. They gave, they basically gave all this unlimited freedom all of a sudden to people that at the end of it they were begging for some sort of law and order. Of, of, of there's a video of like the explosions going off in, in WT seven. You know, there's um, you actually see the columns going bang 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 up the up each each side, and you know you see uh, Silverstein saying, "Oh yeah, we we told them to pull it." How the fuck do you pull a building, right? That is how do you tell the fire brigade you're not you're not a member of the fire brigade you don't and the fire brigade don't pull buildings down what what that was so weird and but how long does it take to to rig a i mean I'm, look this is just an observation you know I'm, I'm just you know people people might be watching this going oh these guys are full-blown conspiracy i'm like fuck it. just look at it i mean like right and it's just common sense how long does it take to right th think of this right you've had two of the biggest skyscrapers in the world have just fallen down, right? Or that, like you, the way the way I, I watched it live happening on TV, and I remember my my I was eighteen and I was slabbing a doing a roof in my sister's house, just fucking nailing plasterboards onto the ceiling. And next thing, the radio was like, "Oh, a, a plane has just hit the the twin towers." And I was like, and I thought it was like a Cessna or something. I didn't think it would be a big deal. Go down there and it's I watch the TV, and it's like fucking hole in one of them. I watched that. I mean, this was one of the biggest mass televised trauma events the world has ever seen. I mean, I, I've never even been to America, but for me, I felt like it was a personal hole was left in me for the, the fact it was so iconic. It was in all these films and, you know, it was like, it was all of, all of these 1980s movies, trading places, Ghostbusters, fucking everything. You know, everything had the towers in Mate, it. And then I all had, of a sudden they're gone. I had dinner so, on top of there twice. Windows of the World was the restaurant on top of the World Trade Center. I had the two most m memorable meals of my life on top of there. Met you know, my met sister was up there pregnant uh, the week I, before. I didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> that was a different time to. I'm actually no, I might have met her in the elevator. I did have a funny five minutes there. <laughs> but she was up there on the roof a week a week earlier. Right, uh, as was my niece, but like, yeah, I was watching this on TV, and uh, next thing, bang, another plane hits. I was like, "What the fuck?" 
you know, and then it was just like, there's no more work today. And then you just, it was all, all day, all night, just watching the rest of this footage. And then, then the first one falls and you're like, what the fuck? And then you're like, and then you, you know, you're watching it as a spectacle. And I remember the first thing I thought in my head was like, wow, will the other one fall as well? And you don't realize that there are people in there. You know, it's just, you uh, can't. You just, uh. And actually the other one did. And I was like, what the hell have I just witnessed here? It was one of the, it was a mass, mass trauma. Mm. around the world and and what the first and then and then right so this is what i was saying so basically the, the, these two then you're thinking what other buildings are going to fall so so that silverstein who owned the buildings has the time to just go right lads will you do me a favor will you go in there and then just rig up the building in the next hour or two so the whole thing just comes down to to rig a building for explosives or to, to for a detonation takes weeks Mm. It takes yeah, it takes cool. weeks, yeah. if not months, to successfully do it so it falls into its own imprint like that, or its own footprint. Uh, so, for Martin, just for people listening, so we had the Twin Towers have come down, right? Mm -hmm. a building, it's called the Salomon Building, a.k.a. Building 7, it's mm -hmm. there. It's on the New York skyline. The BBC are doing their report going, we've just had reports the Salomon Building has come down. It's like, uh, love, that, that's the one behind you. You've clearly you, you're reading from a script, and you've jumped the gun. It it hasn't collapsed yet. It's, was, that, it's that building behind you, right now. Here's the thing: so the BBC broadcast that this building's collapsed 40 minutes before it did, and you got to remember, no buildings have ever collapsed from fire in history. You know, steel reinforced buildings never ever collapsed from fire in history. So it's impossible to go. Oh, it's on fire. It might collapse. No, it's never happened. So you can't say, "Oh, it's collapsed." Oh no, no. Oh yeah. So sure. Didn't didn't uh, the guy from is it Nista or Nist? Nist. Uh, yeah. He came out and he said that he did a computer model. He said it's impossible. I mean, I I, I remember no. watching the Channel Four documentary. Oh, sorry for cutting you off there, Chris. But I watched the Channel Four documentary about it where they said, "Oh, basically, that you had on the floor, you had everything was fireproofed." It wasn't fireproofed successfully enough, and the the heat melted the it put stress on the the supporting joist, and then it pancaked. It, that was it the. Was, I'm, 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 I need to go and like punch a bear, so I'm just I'm just going to pause the video for our yeah. friends at home. But no, NIST came out. NIST is a uh, part of the establishment, and came out and went, "Yeah, building just fell out of the sky for absolutely no reason whatsoever, right?" And they built this model to explain how a building collapse never ever happened before in history physically from a scientific point of view impossible but of course they've got to explain like why a building has just come out of the sky right it was the truth for 911 people uh is it is it um sorry friends at home but is it the 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 Eng engineers for 911 you know these yeah. architect architects and engineers for 9-11 truth they funded an independent study with the university of fairbanks alaska and it's really funny to watch the professor who did the study because he's just like you never guess what we found it's, they're lying it's in, it's you know he, he's like an old school guy and he like can't believe that this has been on the news because he, it's it's spun the guy's melon right he's having to face the facts that like the media just blatantly lying. NIST, 
National Institute of Science and Technology, I think it is. They've just blatantly lied on mainstream to say this building collapsed from a fire, when in actual fact that's scientifically impossible. And he's done his model through, you know, proper um, scientific theory, what, what, whatever the right terminology is. And he's gone, no, th this building has been, demo you know, it's, it's, it, it had to have been, I, I'm not going to try and preempt what, or try and put across what their study found because it's online. You can go and see it, but he's the guy's gobsmacked because no, they're lying. He's, and he says it. And it's on video. He's like, "What they, what Nis said is not true. This building did not collapse from a fire." In case you're wondering what's going on, it's the dog. Hardy <laughs> <laughs> uh, <coughs> Barks, come on, let's talk about that because. Okay. Yeah. Can well, I Hardy... ping you some questions, Marty? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. There was an awful lot of uh, what you'd call extras in that production. Mm -hmm. Where did they come from? Just locals from the town, family members and friends. So, uh, yeah, I mean, do you know what the brilliant thing is as well, Chris? And this is what I think pissed off the establishment was a whole load of complete amateurs who've never been in front of a camera before got together and put in solid performances and captured the heart of the nation. You know, it, it will always be a divisive topic. And, but that was it. It was just like, you get all these guys who are like, yes, I went to uh, Stanislavski School of Acting and I, I studied the Meisner, uh, the Meisner technique and I, I pretended to crawl out of my own belly button and cried for hours in front of my mum. You know, and it's like, but really it's like, here's the words, play yourself. You know, and that, that was it. And, we, and because there was so much improvising as well, it was like, okay, these are the beats you got to hit. Just be yourself. And I mean, most of the people we asked were characters anyway. They were like, there were people who, who we knew these people are, are absolute legends. So they're going to be able to pull it off anyway. And everyone took to it like a duck to water. They were, they were, you know, and we were always really open-minded about who we had in. Like we were, people were like, oh, can I, can I come down and be in it? And like, yeah, sure, we'll, we'll, we'll fit you in somewhere. It wasn't like this elite thing of like, we're not going to... We, we were always really accessible as, as individuals. We were never... In some ways, that might have gone against us because we, it, it, you know, the, whole, the whole media game, and it, it's, like a, it's like the stock market. It's like, what is your market value? And... You know, we never made ourselves exclusive and, you know, unapproachable. And, you know, it's, it's like the way they, they hide diamonds in warehouses to, to put the price up. We were just like, nah, we'll, yeah, we'll come on your show. We'll do this. We'll, we'll hang out. Yeah, we'll go for beers with you. You know, we were just, we never played into that, that lofty bollocks, you know, and, and, and being all aloof. And uh, I think a lot of people, a lot of like main, like, you know, big name actors and, you know, producers, casting directors, whatnot, they, they probably felt like, the, and the stuff we were coming out with was just an honest, like, the, the, the shit that happens in, in my town alone, right, there was a lot of it you couldn't put in because it was just so mental. So when, when people up in Dublin like, oh my God, what are these people doing? You're, they're making all these, these, these hardy books. I don't know what they're about. They're mad bastards. And it was very close to the knuckle and very, uh, very true. Uh, we, there's, a, there's another really great comedian in, in Ireland called um, um, Dave McSavage 
I remember meeting David Savage and his stuff was brilliant. And, and he, I met him once in, in Galway and he goes, oh, you, you guys are the Hardy books. Oh God, you guys are fantastic. I mean, you really do hold a mirror to society, just fucking crank it up to 11. And that was what we did. Because, you know, everything that came out of Ireland was just, it was all Dublin-centric. And we got sick of looking at this. And, and it was like a whole clique of comedians and actors who were just doing the same thing, same people, same shows, same format. And we were just, we, we, we thought, if we want to see something different, we have to be the, the change we want to see. And it resonated with everybody because it felt like a whole generation of people were like, the amount of people who came up to me afterwards, Chris, and were like, Oh, I wish we'd done that. You know, if only we'd thought of doing that. It's exactly what we were thinking of doing. And fortunate for us, we did it. Mm-hmm. And it was it was a really magical time. It was just YouTube it was kind of kicking off. And uh, Facebook, people started getting on Facebook. And it was before it got cluttered. And it was just a real sweet spot where people had, there wasn't as much content. It, it, was, it wasn't saturated as it, like it is today. And just took off and went, it went massive. I mean, it moved so fast that I was like, wow, is it that easy? It was almost like a beginner's look. And then. So, um, the, the, the king of the town, was that what it was? King of the town. Right. So, I'm. I'm AOTT. From, from my outside perspective, this is like something that's obviously gone on in, in Ireland that you have king of the town and it's a very macho drink. But you don't, <laughs> you don't even have that. It was just because the, the thing is about the about Castletown, right? Castletown is, it was, it's a fictional place. So there was a kind of, it was almost like a kind of supernatural weird shit was going on. You know, it was, it was always like further back in time than everywhere else, even though it was, you know, it was just super backwards. And that was like the humor of it was just how ad hoc and low, low fi everything was. And they were still listening to like nineties dance music as if it had just come out. And, uh, yeah, it was based on some some characters you'd see floating about, but so the king of the town didn't that that that's not no, it was, Ireland, no? no it's, it's just some like event that was <laughs> local to Castletown. Okay, because I I'm sure I, they have like weird shit going on in small towns where that that happens. I was saying to my girlfriend, have they like hijacked this event because it was all in play? You know, there's a, a there's a fairground thing going on. There was all these rides and throw the ball at the coconut kind of you know coconut shy you know or, 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 and I thought like that's big organising to do that for a movie you know the, 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 the logistics were huge and yet I'm, I'm there's a little voice in my head going no these guys have just they've just created all this well do you know the nice thing is as well Chris the fact that people people had such good time for us you know, we'd ring up and we'd say, oh, we, we need a, a ferris or like a merry-go-round. And, and the, you know, those local lads who, you know, they bung them a few quid and they were just made up to be in it. Like burger vans and bouncy castles and the props department were, were really good. And, you know, from a production point of view, my brother-in-law, Mike, was, you know, he was, uh, you know, he was fantastic. Um, so, yeah, we, 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 we had a lot of goodwill from the town and, and it was great for the town as well because it's post-recession and people were emigrating and, business was bad and it really did anytime we have a, a series going on at home really brings life and fun to the town and and you can actually see like the next day after a shooting is finished and everyone's gone again it's like a real kind of anti-climax everything goes back but when we're filming it's just it's brilliant crack you know we're all having pints after shooting and 
playing guitar and jamming it up and uh, it's a magical time. And then for me personally, my favorite of everything is the third series. That was like when we, we kind of had a few, a few years to kind of sit back and I don't know why we don't have one every year, but it's just like the, the, the TV company was hit hard by the recession and it's competing against the internet. And uh, yeah, it was, it was cool that we got onto Netflix as well. That was, how how was it? Like you filmed in, I mean, you filmed in like a, a library, the doctor's surgery, a police station. Oh, yeah. You they just, just ask them. Just ask them, yeah. See, it's funny. Like I say, if you just ask people, then they'll be like, all right, fair enough. Yeah, it, it, it's one or two things is going to happen if you ask. They're either going to say yes or no. So it's like it's a 50-50 chance of something happening. And, man, everyone was so accommodating. They were like, ah, yeah. And then it was like, can I be in it as well? I was like, yeah, jump in the background or we give you a, you know a, a couple of lines here and there to say and uh man, it was it was a magical time when 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 it all started off it was like it, it got to the stage where the stuff we were doing was so funny that we got used to it and at the time we're like is this funny and then you look back later on and it's like yeah it was funny but you just get so used to it that it's like next scene uh yeah man it's it, I, I do miss it like hopefully we, we get a, another run of it whose was the house the bungalow with both you and Buzz lived. That's uh, Chris who plays the Vipers. That was like his great aunties. And that was a funny, like speaking of community spirit, that, that was called Victory Cottage. And all the neighbours came together to build that for, for his, his uh, great aunties family back in the day, I think. So it's just like a, a house that no one was living in. And yeah, we just, just started using that as, as Buzz's cottage where he, you know, he, he lifts gas barrels and does push-ups and all mad shit. And, once a crow died in there because it got stuck and remember the poor bastard had shot everywhere and we came in there just stunk and it was like Mike was like yeah we get the cleaners in for this one <laughs> I think there was like mice living in there at one stage so <laughs> look just Martin humour me right let, let, let's do some of the accents that you you're gonna I know you're really good at doing accents is it accents impressions impressions yeah so your voice it was different to what you speak now, wasn't it? It was more... Well, the thing is, I was, I was like, my parents are Irish, but I was born in, well, nearly, I was born in Merseyside. So I've kind of, it's, it's softened lately because I've been between Sweden, Ireland and, and England. So I'm kind of, it's a mixture of all different kind of accents. But the, the one, that, the, the, the one, the character talks is like very, you know, west of Ireland. There's not, we took a lot of inspiration from the way my dad talks. He'd be like, hey, stop, would you, son? And he'd, he'd say... Before it was like a, before the S's to be like a H just coming after the S. So we're like, uh, I, forgot, I saw you up on the street the last night. <laughs> or like West. I'm going to Westport. A couple of pints then. West, Westport. I, I, I can't do it. <laughs> but you know, I'll I tell you something that I've noticed. Like, you know, obviously we've got fans now in England and, and America. And, and it's funny, like lads coming on going, like there's these lads from Long Island, they're on Instagram. They they got onto me. They're like, "Sturry with you, Dirk," and I'm like, just to hear like lads from Long Island, and then and English lads, you know, doing gig. I was doing a few gigs in in London there last year, and there was just lads from Essex coming going, uh, "Sturry, any crack?" I'm like, "Wow, we've actually we've figured out like a way where because in the old days, it was like ah, top of the morning to you, really bad kind of like." <laughs> Like Tom Cruise in Far and Away kind of accents, or Jared Butler in PSI Love You, and it's 
But now there's, there's, there's like a, it's funny to see people from all over the world talking with these. Can we do, can you do Viper? Go on. What's the crack? What's the crack? It's like, <laughs> yeah. It's like I was, I was caught for smashing wing mirrors up town. I was in Castlery prison for a week. I was high on wine. The grapes of wrath. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't think I should try that because I'm just going to sound like a... I know, do it, do it. What's the crack? <laughs> <laughs> not, not, not bad at all, Chris. I'm not, not bad at all. At, I'm not laughing at my accent. I'm laughing at that character. He's so... Yeah, this lad, he's well... He's impressed. What do you think, man? Good. Good hey. job, is he? Hey, that could be the first member of my fan club. <laughs> the fan oh, club? The crack? Yeah. yeah. Do you have a small hashish? <laughs> I heard you're over there in China with triad boys smoking <laughs> crystals. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about... Hong some... Kong Fui and the boys. Fu Manchu, is it? <laughs> Hong Kong Fui. <laughs> no, that's not even... I heard you over there in Indoor like... China. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Some bad woo out there, hey. What was China like? What like Hong Kong, man? That must have been mental. When, is that, was that the nineties? Was it? Yeah, no, it's good fun, mate. It was good fun, you know. Even when I was at my worst, I it was just still mental, you know. It really was. It was really hard to come back to the UK because I was Can like I up there in Hong Kong. I mean, literally, I was up there. And where are you from in the UK? Were you, are you from London or are you from Devon originally? I was born in South East London, a place called Bromley. Bromley, yeah. Uh, I lived in the southwest of England. So would you be a Hammers fan? Not really. I, I, I don't have a connection. My only connection to London is I'm the chaplain of the Red Army Riding Club which is a motorbike, motorbike club. Um, so I get to go up there several times a year, which is really nice for me being a Jana, Jana being a person of the South or person near the sea. Um, but yeah, there was a point in my adult life where I realized I'd actually lived abroad more of my life than I had in the UK. So I lived, like, I think I mentioned this, I lived in, in whereabouts in Sweden are you without being too... Uh, Stockholm. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So the, the capital. The capital, yeah. Yeah. It's very trendy. A lot, lot of real trendy people, you know, it's really, it's awesome. It's What's like, the crack? <laughs> What's the crack? Yeah, I, 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 it'd be interesting to see if they'd ever buy the Hardy books and put it on Swedish TV. I could imagine there'd be a lot of complaints. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you what, you could do a Swedish version. It would be bloody awesome. Yeah, that'd be a good idea, actually. Like, lads up in Dalarna. Do you... Um, do you speak sweet Swedish? Yeah, fluently at this stage. Wow. Well, I wouldn't say fluently. Sometimes, yeah, you know, I, I would be definitely you know conversational. So I, I'd use it daily. I'd, be, I'd speak Swedish on a daily basis. Because what used to get me is Swedish people in Norwegian would speak to each other in the same language, even though it's a different countries, and it, and it, it actually it is mad. different languages. But they yeah. would know, like an English guy talking to. Someone from let, let, let's just say a Scottish guy. I know that sounds weird because you well, Glasgow, but it's a different dialect. But you get what the other person's saying, right? And that, but I worked in, uh, you know, I've been in Norway off and on for about four years now. So 
the last time I was there, when I lived there, I lived there for n- nine months, like in one period. I tried to learn Norwegian as much as I could. Norska. Uh, yeah, Norsk. Norsk. Jaisprache Norsk. God, I, I can't even remember it now. You forget so quickly, don't you? You know? Jeg går til Oslo næste uke. I'm going to Oslo next week. <laughs> you know, that's, yeah, I, 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 I loved it. I love when I'm in a place where it's Hong Kong, I just try and learn a language, you know? That's important to do so. But you know, uh... when I used to speak Norwegian in Sweden, they just look at me and go, you're talking Norwegian. I'm like, yeah, but you, you guys understand, don't you? <laughs> it, it was, yeah, it's I think of, it was kind of a funny thing. Funny. Most of, I, I think the weird thing is, Danes and Norwegians can speak Swedish and they, they, for some reason, they find it easier to speak Swedish than the Swedes do Norwegian or Danish. Mm. And uh, I think that in, in, in some ways, it's, it's weird. It's kind of like they have the ability to speak Swedish. And I remember hearing a story about uh, some mates of mine years ago, they were staying at a hostel in, I think it was in Copenhagen. These were talking to these two punks from Oslo and they were talking about fighting. They're like, yeah, they, they, the accent was so hard to understand that they were speaking to each other in English, but they, they, they didn't have the best English. They were talking about a fight they had, and they're like, we, we punched, I punched this guy till bits fell off his face. In other words, he meant he had a nosebleed. <laughs> bits fell off his face. I, I, I tell you a funny thing, right? And this is no disrespect meant to my Swedish brothers or sisters whatsoever. But when I was there and I spent a lot of time in Sweden, my, my, my girlfriend at the time was in Östersund. So oh, up north. University town, right? Östersund. yeah. Anyway, the, the impression you get, and maybe quite rightly so, is that Swedes kind of think they're, they're like the movers and shakers in the universe, like it's all happening, you know, they're, they're at the grassroots of, they're on the ball, man, they're, you know. Yeah. Cutting edge. Where's the crack? Where's the crack with <laughs> the trendy right? boys? But, when you come to England, as you well know, most people don't know even know where Sweden is. And people think I take the piss from it. Um, no. Whenever I mention, oh, you know, I had a girlfriend. Switzerland, is it? <laughs> yeah. You, you just said it, mate. They start, when I, whenever I mention Sweden in the UK, they start talking about cuckoo clocks and chocolate. Yeah. I'm like... That is like a completely, that's called Switzerland. It's a completely different country and a different geographical <laughs> way out reason, right? I think it's because it's got snow there as well. It's like uh, maybe something to do with watching cool runnings and it's like watching the Swiss bobsleigh team going, yeah, Jamaica, yeah, we're going to beat you. What are you doing in here? And, you know, <clears throat> but um, who, who was that, that? Who was that long running? chat show host in america that he did his own like private radio show he's very iconic he's probably still go um maybe he's dead now i'm not sure uh oh do you know the guy i mean he had like long black black hair little glasses and he'd do his radio show was it howard stern oh oh howard stern or, or or maybe i listen i might be getting confused it doesn't really matter but Somebody said to him one day, are you not scared living in New York? And he went, fuck no. 
He said, New York, don't scare me. He said, Sweden. <laughs> Sweden fucking, he says, in Sweden, you're at a traffic light. Someone will come over, knock on your car window and go, why haven't you turned your engine off? <laughs> it said, that fucking scares me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, you got Greta Thunberg, man. <laughs> <sighs> what is that about? I don't know. I, I, if it, look, if she was, if she was making any difference, she wouldn't be up in front of Davos and given time, to, or she wouldn't be in front of the UN. Weird, isn't it? All that, yeah, it that when the narrative goes like that, it all just COVID, hey, COVID uh, expert now as well on CNN saying that I wouldn't trust CNN to tell me what time of day it was. Don't watch it, mate. It probably like yourself. I don't just don't watch TV. I'm. I'm some someone the other day was getting upset because I, I said, Oh, I sit down with my partner to watch an hour of TV in the evening. No, I don't mean TV, yeah, I mean we watch YouTube. <laughs> you know, yeah. YouTube. We got it on our big telly. We just put the YouTube on. You see, this is the thing as well. Like if you like I, I was doing the live stream there last week and I was saying how if you think back to or actually I was talking about David Icke and the time he was on Wogan and my sister Trisha, she she always had great time for David Icke for like before he'd because she used to say to me about about 15 years ago, she thought, oh, David Icke, this, David, uh, David Icke, he, believes in, he says boxcar Willie is a, is a lizard. And, and I was like, what? And this kind of stuff. And uh, then, she, then she would keep, you know, over the years, she'd be like, oh, have you checked out David, David Icke headlines? And, and, and she was always talking about David Icke, but she had a great fondness for David Icke because she, you know, she's drawn to characters. And, uh, and then I was talking about the time, he went, he went on uh, Ter- Terry Morgan and uh, it was, you know, he was like, uh, David, they're not, they're not laughing with you. They're laughing at you. And, and I was talking about how broad the, like TV, like in the nineties and the eighties. And, you know, it was a captive, it was a captive audience. You had, a, 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 unless you had sky, you had like a choice of four channels on terrestrial TV. So what happened with David Icke when he went on Wogan, it was the guy would have, you know, that was, that was BBC One. So you're talking a third of the country seen him um, being, you know, and fairness to him, he was opening his heart, you know, he'd, and, you know, and fair play to him for going out there and being so candid about his experiences. And Wogan took the piss out of him and got everyone laughing at him and humiliated him in front of, you know, probably a third of the, of the country. So news... You just watch the news. It was like, right, it was on the news, so therefore it was real. Same thing with like Savile's. Like, mm. I used to think, ah, oh, Savile, he's, he's great. And then you're like, looking back, and like, guy was a fucking raving. You're looking at him now, and you're like, what the fuck was everyone thinking? How did, how did no one know? But it's because TV told you. And it was like, okay, I trust TV. So they, then, he had a green berry. They gave him a green, the honorary green berry of the Royal Marines. And, uh, yeah. I mean, look at this, right? You've got you've got Prince Andrew, good mates with uh, Epstein, Charles, good mates with Savile. Um, you know, Rolf Harris does a portrait with the Queen. You're kind of thinking, yeah, nice, nice, nice bunch, good bunch of people. Are like, and 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 the thing is, TV made made everyone be like, okay, the the advent of the internet has has kind of just exposed all this shit and for better or worse it's it's people are now going the whole the whole you tree thing wouldn't happen without the internet and furnace to david ike he would he called this years ago mm. and uh they and, and it was it was great when he went back on terry wogan and it was brilliant it was like i'm back <laughs> 
and he got a round of applause at the end of it. Um, but yeah, it, that's gonna be that's gonna be great. You're gonna get him on the on the show next week. Well, I'm I'm just can I say I'm talking to his people. Yeah, it was so. I don't mean that disrespectfully. Uh, Richard's got hold of me. He seems a very nice man. They run this platform now called Iconic, and yeah. I'm more than happy to go and speak on it because you know why? Why, why would I not? Um, I I really do. Uh, you know, if you want. I just think, you know, David Icke thinks everyone laughed at him back in the 90s, right? I, I said there's a lot of people who didn't. Yeah, that's what I'm I, saying. I a lot of people didn't. Like, this is, people People might go, oh, yeah, yeah, Maloney, he's a conspiracy theorist. No, it's, it's just fucking common sense, man. It's like, I don't, yeah, I don't understand why people it, are so... But, but, mate, we don't have to apologise. You know, we don't have to apologise. No, we're, we're, we're clearly the thinkers in the world. Careful what I say, well, but here's no. the thing, Chris. Like, why are you into this? No, Same reason as me. All because I'm you, saying, you have a love for humanity. Yeah, you have a love yeah. for 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 our, our our home, which is the earth. You know, it's like I come from this because like, I'm interested in this because I've always been interested in 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 this kind of thing since I was a kid. But like, especially when you have kids of your own, you realize that these these soldiers who are going to fight battles, they're someone's sons, they're someone's daughters. Yeah. You know, and that's why and they're the going to get about, their fucking legs blown off and, and come back and be come back missing an eye and, to and make, end to up make with, Tony Blair and George Bush even richer than they already are. That's all. Yeah. That 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 is essentially what we're talking about. It's not about freedom and democracy. That that's it's about decency. You know, and it's like these these guys who come back fucking uh, ruined and and you know maimed, uh, mentally ill from the fucking shit they've seen and yeah. endured. Yeah, and and they're just they're tossed out. Then they're like, yeah. how many how many veterans exactly. do you see who are just like homeless on the street? This you know, is my they, thing, they, mate. This is my thing. I don't have to apologise to it. I don't have to explain myself because I ran a thousand miles in two thousand eighteen. I ran it pretty much nonstop. John O'Groats to Land's End to raise awareness of veteran suicide. It's an epidemic. More people kill themselves after the war than die in the in war. Combat. Vietnam, well... No one's talking about it. You know, that these sociopaths will cover that up because they don't want people to know that. They don't want people to know that when you, you go, you invade someone's country and you kill other teenagers, you're a teenager, yeah. You go and kill other teenagers who've done nothing to you. In fact, to be honest, if you met them in a bar, you'd just exactly. be sharing pints, going hugging and going, you're you're a really good guy, I fucking love you, you know, let's Exactly. Keep, what let's music are you my, into? Yeah, uh, here's, yeah. here's my got... email address, let's keep in touch. Exactly. These sickos to sell their bombs, bullets and guns and get their global banking system and and all, all, all the rest of it, they, they convince you that there's a good guy and a bad guy, right? And there's an enemy out there. And it's, 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 you know, it's an absolute facade. See, it's people, that's the other thing about Hollywood because the, the people are raised watching these, these, uh, glo- you know, action movies or war movies that glorify, you know, not, you know, the, the best kind of films you should watch is films like they should not grow old where you see these people and you hear like the, that's a that's a brilliant documentary, the Peter Jackson one about the trenches in World War One, and it's like, and you hear these lads, you know, the the, the poor bastards, man, you know, um, you know, 
God, God bless them. You know, the, mm. the kids who, who they were all conned in, like, like in Ireland, in Ireland, they, they promised Ireland home rule. So you had like, I mean, there are, there are relatives of like, ancestors of mine and other people in, in the villages, my parents would have grown up that would, that went out to the battle of the Somme Flanders and just got butchered. And you know, it's for what? Yeah, well, it's like that, um, you know, the, the film, uh, which is based on true story, um, Julio, what, Julio, my friend, you shit, Julio Noel, which, um, which was about like the, the lads playing football at Christmas time. And uh, all those guys who refused to fight were sent off to different places. I mean, <clears throat> this is the thing, man. We're, we're not, no, like regular people don't want this, but they get, they get hyped up with pop, uh, propaganda and, and, uh, you know, made to believe that these people are, are going to try and kill their families. And I was thinking who you remind me of, but or Pete who plays French shows. And maybe you should get in touch with him because uh, himself and his mate Steve did a run from Dublin to Mayo last year for the Beaumont Hospital because Pete or Steve who plays Cowboy, um, they have a, you can find them on Instagram, three books left. They started their own like splinter group of, uh, of a comedy show. But those guys are on, they're on about running the entire the entire perimeter of, of Ireland next year. And I think it's the, the amount of coastland, or the, the length of it is, is, is supposed to be massive, the, the, the outline of Ireland, the coast. But uh, they're, they're, they did this run last year for charity, but man, they, they would run like, like 80 kilometers in a day. And uh, you, you'd, be, you'd be right in with those lads. <laughs> you should get him on the podcast as well because he's got some he's got hey, some tell him come brilliant on. stories yeah, yeah I'll tell him, him come on it's the great like... guys man. and again yeah. he, he, he's got a great heart as well like he, he you know he um, he does a lot of voluntary work and, and when he was abroad like he, he did the around the world trip there in 2006 and he ended up working in a hospice in Calcutta you know and that's the kind of stuff he, and he doesn't do it because he's the kind of guy he doesn't do it to look what I've done He'll do it. He won't say anything about it. It's just he's, he's one of these old school kind of stoic lads who just likes to put something back. And again, the, the, the whole the whole thing I, I try and teach my kids as well is about being grateful. I watched I watched a brilliant. I was just in the pub last night and it had the subtitles on, but uh, it was uh, I think it's called the the tea ceremony, and it's about this Japanese woman called Sakuru. I can't remember her last name, but man, I I, I felt. I felt I, I didn't. I'm going to watch it again because it, she was so stoic and, and, and grateful. Like, and it's just one of these these old women you just wanted to like give a hug to, and then you know, like do that, some gardening and make a nice meal. That, that's a whole really special thing, isn't it? In Japan, it's it's <coughs> got to be done in a certain way, and it, it and there's so much like esoteric stuff attached. But you man, you, you want to see this woman? Like, she at the end of it. I mean, I don't know how it how it panned out for her, but. She had a she had a, a big tumor that the doctors had found. Smiled the way through it, like. And the nice thing is, she she meets these old ladies who are, like, they're like nearly ninety. And then next, and she's giving she's she's just got a little van and she drives around and unpacks all this stuff. And she's you know feeding fishermen or monks or you know businessmen. And there's there's like it was cool to see it talking to these two old ladies who were like ninety, and the way they complimented each other was very very nice, very genuine. And then later on, there's like three schoolgirls, and you hear some of them had to be evacuated from Fukushima. And her attitude, and the answer was, "What luck that you went through something so horrific, but found new friends." 
and you just see her smiling throughout the whole thing and she lived her life in 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 kind of servitude and, and there was a great stoicism to her and you know you just thought that's I watched it and I was like that's the whole the, the takeaway is just to be grateful and 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 smile and get and, and and it's the way you look at things in life no matter how hard things get as you know this yourself and I've been through some some you know hard times myself as well but you've you've got to have a good morale you've got to have a good sense of humor about it and always look to try and find the positive and that's and yeah that that little old lady Sakuru when I watched that it just warmed my heart you know ah uh, mate you got to take your chestnuts where you find them and it's <laughs> make them your own you know make them your own Martin listen I'm, I'm well aware it's getting late where you are sure I'm is not, not gonna be up with the kids in the moment but wow. you know what time flies Chris and I appreciate uh, your viewers who have who have stuck with us uh, I, I thought it was gonna be a 45 minute chat but we've covered a lot of ground here mate it's been fantastic and I'll definitely get you on the Harley Books podcast as oh, well yeah, let's do that. And it goes without saying, mate, you're welcome back on. Well, I mean, you are going to come back on because we've just got so yeah. much more to talk about, mate. You know, we really have. There's, we haven't, it sounds, it's crazy, isn't it? We talked for about three hours. We literally have not scratched it. There's so much more, you know. I've barely scratched my ass, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> What's the crack? Yeah, tell, tell, <laughs> tell Robbie Williams he can come on the podcast. Yeah, I'll speak to Rob, mate. Do you know what? It's the sort of thing he'd, he'd probably love to do. He's, yeah, he's more than welcome. David Icke is someone I really want to get on the podcast. And like I say, off-topic stuff, you know what I mean? Like, just just be like, what do you think? What do you think is going to happen with Liverpool? Are they going to get it this year? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm, this is what me and my producer have been chatting about. I'm... I'd love to go to the Isle of Wight and just kick a football around with him, go to the pub, yeah. have lunch. I saw a documentary about, about him. Yeah, sorry, it was years ago. There was, it was, it was in Canada and there's these people like who were trying to custard pie him. And uh, one of his sons, I don't know if it was Jamie, he was, he was going around to his talks in like a community centre and he goes, all right, Jamie, catch, save this one. And the kid was in goals. He boots the ball at him. Like there was no, you know, it was just, he had a good, a good solid kick on him. He, he was a goalie, wasn't he? Yeah, he was goalie, yeah. 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 From what I remember, yeah. He could fairly belt them in, into the net anyway. Yeah, he was a fucking legend. Absolute legend. And, you know, this is... Um, people like that, we need... We, you know, we, we need, we, they need to have a voice. And when they get silenced, it's... What really? circle the wagons, haven't you? You know, what, what did he do? Seriously, what, what did he do? He just, he just spoke his truth. No, no one, you know, we, we have, it's, it, I thought that was part of the human rights charter that we got freedom of speech. Yeah. I know. Don't you think it's strange as well, Chris, that all these people saying he's spreading hate when there's, there's, there's not a hate, yeah, you know, it's like, oh, he was kicked off from YouTube for, because he was spreading hate. He said, love, all he ever says is love everybody, spread exactly. the love. That is all he ever says. But isn't it funny? It's so Orwellian the fact that people who are coming from a, a place of love and and uh, you know tr trying to make the world a better place, it's been inverted to oh you're spreading hate. Yeah, well this is this is why people need to read 1984 to understand what thought policing is. People or the policing, Patriot Act. You know what it is when we lose when we're not allowed to joke anymore because it's all so politically this way or that way. When we lose our sense, of, when we're not allowed to laugh, 
we're fucked. And what is laughter, Chris? The best medicine. Yes, of course. Yeah, you take that away, people are going to get depressed. That's why Hardy Books was so popular, because it was recession. We brought something that came out of the recession and cheered people up. Yeah. Most and that's what Dave Chappelle also said. It's now, now more than ever, it's a time for comedians to talk recklessly. Was he wearing a dress when he said that? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Dave. Just, <laughs> just, just saying. Brian, I love you, man. Thank you so, true, so much. It's been it, an absolute I, pleasure, I, I, Chris. I, thank you for your humanity. Let's give my love to Sweden, by the way. Well, indeed. Tell, really tell do. Ask of you. I, I could go back there tomorrow. You know, I've, I've had such a great time in Scandinavia. Well, whenever you're back, hit me up. Yeah, well, let's come and hopefully let's get the cameras and come and do something. You know what? Just just a walk in a park and a chat would be a bit of a swim in the yeah. lake. <laughs> yes, yes, we can eat some uh, sewer swimming. What's the Carly uh, caviar? Have you had that one? It's the oh, caviar. Yeah, caviar. It, comes a, it comes in a tube, and you it is yeah. actually. Ri- I don't. I, I I don't think it's caviar. It, like it's nice. It's nice when you get used to it. Yeah, fish flavored cod or something. I but think, I think it's like fish and like fish roe and milk. It's like a kind of a mixture of cheese and caviar. Yes. <laughs> when, when you first come in, you try it. There's a lot of shit. You're like, but on that note, I will let you go, mate. But um, Chris, thank you for having me on, and uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. And and thank you to your audience for sticking around. And and uh, yeah, if if they're interested in the in the channel, hit me up on Maloney's Digest or. Yeah, or watch more Hardy books hey, <laughs> or the podcast as well we're going to put all your links below the video so people can come and find you awesome. we Thank never you. even talked about Vikings but let's not go there now Let, yeah, we're, that's we're, for another time we, we, you know, you've been on Vikings my god um, we'll talk about that next time brother yeah but thank you so much um, very welcome it's a pleasure you know making contact and uh, as you can tell because it's now 20 past 12 in the morning yeah, twenty past twelve. Twenty past one here. Yeah, twenty past one where you are. That that it's been amazing talking to you, Martin. Thank you so much. Oh, a bit of pleasure, Chris. Thank you very much, mate. Have a great night. Hey, let's speak soon. Take care, man. Cheers, Bye-bye. brother. Friends, thank you for listening to the Bought the T-shirt podcast. Please like, subscribe, and share. And don't forget to follow me on social media. Username: Chris Thrall. Instagram, Chris.thrall. Thank you.